0: Friday, March 25th, 2022, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast.
1: Smokey, this is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior America, Steak for Breakfast. So stand by.
0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs mm. Rubs barbecue tools, blowtorches, t-shirts, coffee cups, and all-around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again. Find them at ManRubs.com and on Instagram, ManRubs. Use the code STAKE15 for 15% off. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at StayReadyGear.com and on Instagram, StayReadyGearUSA. Holsters, custom kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on-and-off-duty gear,
2: hot-melted plastic made just for you. Use the code stake for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready. Imagine that. Big sales at MyPillow. Mike Lindell, the humblest of pillow farmers, continues to work hard. Right now he's at the last day of a three-day sale. Towel sets. My towels. Usually $109.99, all the way down to $39.99. Big, big savings when you enter promo code stake at checkout. Hit up on the website, mypillow.com forward slash steak, or talk to a qualified pillow representative at 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear, the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment, specializing in headphones. We found at Odyssey. Whether you're gaming, potting, not thinking twice, get those ears taken care of. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mike, down at West Coast Survival Arms, has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's got a five-star rating, and he's a licensed FFL if you're into tradesies. Most importantly, he's got ammo. Newly redesigned, easy-to-use website, westcoastsurvivalarms.com. 619-870-6992 is the phone number. Getting up with Facebook Messenger. Steak for breakfast, backs the blue. though our first responders, and they're always working hard. Off-duty, they're wearing gear for mediocre medic. Sweatshirts, T-shirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, and more. Stickers and patches for while they're on duty fire ig as well mediocre medic.com is the website and last but certainly not least the home of the zero fuck Duck. don't know go ask mark joe friday ceo Dumpbox. Dumpbox Dumpbox.us. find them on facebook find them on instagram friends don't forget to follow the show on instagram at Stake for podcast breakfast there you'll find a link tree that'll take you to all our social medias the website our substack telegram and more and on that note to all our friends joining us today on the Patriot Podcast Network via the Roku app, from Twitterverse, Instagram, Discord, and now, Truth Social. Welcome! Friday edition? I like it. Steak for Breakfast Podcast, episode 119. I'm Ron. Noah's back. Yup. Thank God. Answer that's joined us. We've got a big, big show for you today. But before we get into, uh, Any of our guest lineup, let's jump right into the news. How's everybody doing? Outstanding. Great.
3: Internet, you live. Hey, guys. Happy Friday.
2: Well, the SCOTUS hearings are wrapping up for the nominee. Jackson, Katanji, whatever. It's not even worth uh, trying to figure out what her name is because she doesn't know what a woman is.
1: (laughs)
0: There's so (laughs) many
2: memes. There's so much... Red flags is more like it. Yeah. So this is uh, in perfect lockstep with the complete hires of the Biden administration, including all of their cabinet members and the VP, as I I think I mentioned last week. People that are completely inept, ill-equipped, and unprepared, especially not qualified to do these jobs. Antoinette, what do you think? I'm sure you watched some of these uh, absolute bangers that she's been dishing up there on Capitol Hill this week.
3: Yeah, I mean, I watched a lot of it. I took the day off yesterday a bit; just it was too much. Yeah, I mean, this it's a clown show. I don't even like. There, I've, I see some people, you know, on the other side are like, "She's qualified, you conspiracy theorists. You know, you are cherry picking cases." And I'm like, "There, are, like, there's more than enough to be concerned about with this female. You know, like, okay, yeah, maybe she can. She's qualified in other ways, but I mean, really,
2: you know." Like, Senator Dick Durbin brought up the same thing about cherry picking cases, and that's when Ted Cruz turned around and started like throwing like five by eight poster boards onto the hearing floor of like case that he just had like eight, ten per page, and he's like, just pick one, any of them. He's like, I've got. Explain it. Yeah, something. You but pick it. he wouldn't it.
3: even let him. He wouldn't even let him finish or let her answer, rather, Durbin.
2: No. No, like, and between him, like, and him, and are you going to let her
3: answer? You keep interrupting me. You're taking my time. Uh, you know, Graham went over ten minutes or some shit like that. He said, like, he would not let her answer the question.
2: Oh, we'll have Why? some of Lindsey Graham's grandstanding too.
0: Oh, and then most of her question answers start with, um, yeah. I would just like to thank the senator mm-hmm. for for asking that question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
3: so. I saw her- Cory Booker for, like, a few. Oh, gosh. Like, oh, God, I, I couldn't watch him. I had to turn it off. Good old, I, like, good old
2: Spartacus just, trying to make himself relevant again.
3: Yeah, and you could see, like, them, you know, her and him, like, this, like, you know, oh, they're so sweet and, like, you know, friendly, and I'm like, go oh, fuck yourselves.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so I happened to be in a vehicle that didn't have Bluetooth or, well, it probably had a CD player, but who carries CDs around them anymore? Right. And I happened upon NPR. Or NCR, National Communist Radio. Sorry. And, <laughs> you know, just for shits and giggles, you, know, you don't want to hear the other side every once in a while. And I, I heard somebody just going through and trying to explain away her history of these convictions or lack of convictions, mm-hmm. basically, or lack of, you know, convictions sentencing. that would stick in sentencing. They, they brought up the, the one that kept coming up. In three it, months? Yeah, there's a three month conviction. And they're like, well, we looked online. And online it says that he is a registered sex offender. <gasps> okay, no surprise there, genius.
3: Right. Yeah. The they
0: condition- also mentioned that he's not in jail and yeah. literally said that would seem he has maybe not reoffended or gotten caught. I shit you not, they said that. Wow. Both of those accusations are false. N- well, true, but... I mean, just the the way that you would say that, like that could mean that maybe he has not reoffended or gotten caught mm-hmm. or gotten caught.
2: Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's okay that he's out as long as he doesn't get caught. And the original crime he was convicted of was possession of child pornography. Yeah, and lots of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah. So the
0: whole, I just I just can't imagine just trying to like explain this away. Like I that, I, I yeah. got I got it. That's the person's on your team, but like
4: mm-hmm. you got
0: You got to give. Like you got to kind of concede that yeah that's really not a good thing but maybe she's changed like how about that you know tackle it from that angle she doesn't do that anymore or
2: does she Mm. they i also thought the whole 15 minute timer thing was uh you heard her explanation on that it was 20 minutes well whatever but it was was like the with the creation of the internet and the opportunity to have more and be able to look at more oh i thought you were talking about
0: the question no frame
2: this was the uh Amount of time that people watch porn, so she actually like got in a heated exchange with somebody, and she's like, the amount of time they were watching was less than fifteen minutes, and everybody was like, okay. Wow. And
0: I don't think I've generally watched real porn for more than fifteen, less than ten minutes, a minute and a half, <laughs> a and a half. <laughs> exactly. No, but uh, it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. And then like the well, because of the age of the internet now, yes, people used to get. One picture via the snail mail and or she didn't say snail mail, but that's what I call it. And now oh. they can get with the click of a button, 15,000. I'm like, all right, well, yes.
3: One, one is enough. One Sorry. fucking picture is enough. Well, no, like, but don't...
0: like you're really trying to explain away that it's okay that they have 15,000.
3: Like that, one at That's all. not
0: okay. No. No,
3: it's not okay at all in it's, any capacity. It's just a, I don't even know why it's an argument. It's disgusting. It's people just a
0: prime sides. example of how ridiculous it is, and our side does it too for certain things. Sure, where the person on your team can do no wrong. Right.
3: I, I know it's ridiculous. Like I, I could like I will call it like I see it on both sides. Yeah. You know, obviously.
2: Unfortunately, it's when it's people like on our team, though, they are, they don't run into justice departments like the current one. Yeah.
3: Right.
0: Well, and it's like we always say that and. You know, it's like us, we've brought up negative things that people have on our team have done and we've addressed it, but it's just like, you, you have to just kind of look at it. Like you have to step back and look at it from a rational perspective. Like these people are irrational psychopaths.
3: Oh yeah. 100%. I mean,
2: we've saw it.
0: They're,
3: they're, they're literally mean, trying to, more more. huh? It's being proven more and more and show it's like, it, it's insane. Yeah. Like just when you think it can't get any worse or more clown world.
2: Oh, it's worse. Way worse. Yeah it just so. keeps
3: leveling up and you're like holy shit these people have been in charge in our government for how long wow yeah That's
2: well bad. tucky gave some commentary on it let's hear him weigh in I'd see if he did a better job than us
5: if this country's core institutions have not been degraded or diminished enough with pregnant flight suits and fbi that behaves like nancy pelosi's praetorian guard is if that weren't bad enough Joe Biden announced in January his plan to choose the next Supreme Court justice on the basis of appearance. The Supreme Court. You never thought that would happen. The sociology department, maybe. Your company, perhaps. But the Supreme Court really matters. What does appearance have to do with ability or fealty to the Constitution? Joe Biden never explained. He did indicate, to be fair, that he would prefer a lawyer for the job, maybe even a clever one. But mostly he said he wanted a black woman. Genetics being the single most important factor in what we used to call judicial temperament. Facts. How does that work exactly? How do genes determine your ability as a Supreme Court justice or a surgeon or an airline pilot or anything else? Stonewashed? We would love to hear Joe Biden explain that, but he didn't. Instead, he embarked on a predictably short nationwide search for such a candidate and located in the end a person called Kentaji Brown Jackson. Her confirmation hearings continue today for the second day. Not surprisingly, given how she got this job, most of the talk in Washington was not about what she's done, how she thinks, what she's like as a person, but instead about how she looks. It's not shallow or anything. Here's the shallowest of all, Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey.
6: I could not stop being just joyous that you were sitting in my office, and I couldn't stop bringing up to you the historical nature of this.
2: Forgive me, I grew up in a small black church where I was taught uh, to make a joyous noise unto the Lord, and this is not a normal day for America. We have never had this moment before.
5: i grew up in a small black church Nathan. good he got it <laughs> another lecture about the black experience from a blue-eyed yale graduate who in fact grew up in an all-white town the son of ibm executives is there anyone on this planet phonier True. than cory booker he really said that Dirk credit yes. brown jackson doesn't seem quite so fraudulent that would be impossible but she does, and this is the key, share a resume that is strikingly similar to Cory Booker's. Daughter of academics, mm-hmm. graduate of Harvard College and Harvard Law School, mm. on the board of the single wokest day school in Washington, D.C., etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know exactly uh, how that story turns delicious. out. Perfect. Because in the end, when they tell you you're getting a black nominee, they're not talking about the son of a maid and a farm worker from Pinpoint, Georgia. <sighs> in fact, we already have a Supreme Court justice like that. His name is Clarence Thomas. He's a great man. Even if no one in Washington will acknowledge that. No, what they mean when they tell you're getting a black Supreme Court justice is that you're getting yet another Democratic Party robot with the same rigid and totally predictable views as your average professional class white liberal, but who happens to be tanner than Joe Biden. So identical, (laughs) identical to everyone else in power, just a different shade. And the shade, to be fair, does make all the difference. That's the whole point of the exercise. Because of the way that she looks, Brown Jackson, who, again, is just a garden variety white liberal in what she believes, but because of the way she looks, this nominee will get nowhere near the vetting of a typical Supreme Court justice.
2: And that, whatever
5: your politics are, is a shame.
2: Thank, good save by Tucky. He went off the teleprompter for a second and then had to kind of walk that one back <laughs> a little bit. Probably don't want to call a fairly black lady. She is a... Uh, She's she's dark. I think maybe he just placed his breath in an odd location that time. Oh, he time. did? He pulled an anti? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and before we get into the audio from the hearings, because I did pull some of the bangers... Mm-hmm. Uh, Clarence Thomas was released from the hospital today. Oh, is he all right? Yeah, and and since he didn't die from whatever he had, they've already created... Are they saying it wasn't COVID? No. Because he didn't die? But they're saying his wife was begging him to side with Donald Trump in an attempt to overthrow the government on January 6th.
0: Wait, what? Yes, Clarence Thomas' wife. Oh, because she thought he was going to pass on and she could...
2: No, she was begging Clarence Thomas to side with Donald Trump and and kind of like insurrect the Supreme Court. I am SCOTUS now! This is the story that came out. So now all of the MSNBC, CNN, instead of talking about Ukraine and all the other dumpster fire, Joe Biden gasps all over NATO when he's over there in Poland and Brussels. Now it's if Clarence Thomas's wife doesn't testify before the January 6th committee, all of liberty and justice is broken for all of time.
0: You think the Supreme Court
2: is your friend? (laughs) (laughs) I was born in the Supreme Court. Mm. (laughs) I was like watching it this morning and I heard it the first time and it just like went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> and because I was I think I was watching MSNBC just to like see if there was any bullshit, like if they were hyping this girl up or anything. And then it was like every single 15 minutes, you know, they're talking about the news. They show some file footage of, of Russia and Ukraine fighting Joe Biden walking down a hallway, not answering any questions in Poland. And then the next thing they do is and, and this just breaking today. Supreme Court Justice's wife tried to assist in the insurrection on January 6th. Film at 11. And I like, man,
3: these people like, where do they get this shit? They're like clearly grasping for anything yes yes it's so funny
2: yeah it was it was it's just it's past pathetic
3: yeah it it really is well
2: let's get to the takes <laughs> first one i got is uh it's about defining a certain word i don't know if you either one of you have heard an Antoinette. you might be a little bit more of an expert than noah myself how dare i woman what's that
0: <laughs> well i'm not a biologist i'm a podcast host
2: <laughs> Judge Katanji Brown Jackson is going to try and uh, frame it for us right now. Let's hear her uh, hot take on this new word.
7: You provide a definition for the word "woman."
8: Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't.
7: You oh can't.
0: She sounds qualified. We're not
7: in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word "woman" is so How? unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition. Senator, in my work as a
8: judge, what I do is I address judge. Oh. disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people definition make arguments, judge, and I look at the right.
7: law, and I decide, well, so I'm not... The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education Mm. that we are hearing about. Just last week an entire generation of young girls watched as our taxpayer-funded institutions permitted a biological man to compete and beat a biological woman in the NCAA swimming championships. What message do you think this sends to girls who aspire to compete and win in sports at the highest levels. Good
8: for
2: you, Marsha.
7: Yeah.
8: Senator, I'm not sure what message that sends. Uh, if, if you're asking me about the legal issues related to it, um, those are topics that are being hotly discussed, as you say, and I, could come to the court.
3: You can't You can't give the definition of a woman, really. A woman is an adult female, 2X chromosomes.
2: That sounds pretty easy coming from a bleeder, I guess. Right. That's what they call them. (laughs) So, judge. Okay. To make a decision
0: or reach a conclusion after examining all the factual evidence presented. Mm -hmm. To form an opinion after evaluating the facts and applying the law. A public officer chosen or elected to preside over and to administer the law in a court of justice. One who controls the proceedings in a courtroom and decides questions of law and or discretion.
2: Well, now, there were some two very important criteria that this woman had to fill to become nominee for Supreme Court. Joe Biden named them very distinctly. Oh,
0: I thought you were going to actual real reasons, not just like.
2: But what were his reasons? She had to be black and black. A woman. (laughs) The other black. Oh, a black woman. Yes. Right. Wait.
0: Wait. What's a woman?
2: uh, Apparently she might be. Yeah, I'm just as confused as you were. Uh, Is there a glitch in the Matrix? I don't know, but good for Marsha Blackburn bringing that up to the... uh, Forefront and talking about the NCAA's because I think that's a definite issue that needs to be uh, addressed soon. So, Lindsey <laughs> Lindsey Graham has some of the most drama queenish takes on the hearings, and uh, the first one, his his voice is really annoying. Yeah, you know I tried to do it a couple times this week and I just can't do gay southerner i I tried really hard did you try
0: putting a word that's original in your
2: mouth that's mitch mcconnell we'll get to him later he's got a little bit of that too though yeah yeah but i mean well they probably sleep in separate beds but (laughs) (laughs) lindsey weighed in on the uh light sentencings in all the pedo cases and uh let's kind of hear his take on it
8: Senator, with respect to the computer, one of the most effective deterrents What's a computer? is one that I imposed in every case, and that judges across the country impose in every case, which is substantial, substantial supervision.
9: You're, Any of these wait, wait, defendants, wait a minute, Judge. you think it is a bigger deterrent to take somebody who's on a computer looking at sexual images of children? And the most disgusting way is to supervise their computer habits versus putting them in jail?
8: No, Senator, I didn't say versus. That's
9: exactly what you said. I think the best way to deter people from getting on a computer and viewing thousands and hundreds and over time, maybe millions, the population as a whole, of children being exploited and abused every time somebody clicks on is to put their ass in jail, not supervise their computer usage. Mm. Hear,
8: hear. Senator, I wasn't talking about um, verses.
9: You just said you thought it was a deterrent to supervise them. I don't think it's a deterrent. I think the deterrent is putting them in jail. Senator, the sentencing have a deterrent component.
1: Senator, would you let her respond?
9: Yes. The sentencing have a deterrent component.
8: Yes, Senator. Deterrence is one of the purposes of punishment, and uh, Congress oh, has directed yeah. courts to consider hot. various means of achieving deterrence. Uh
0: Uh So, okay. So let's let's unpack that one a little bit. So we're going to say that somebody who is surreptitiously acquiring and viewing pornographic material featuring underage children Uh who is doing this secretly is going to then just, you know, I'm just going to let you guys monitor my internet and I'm not going to like maybe go back to the mail. Maybe somebody's going to mail me some pornographic pictures now or whatever. It's pointless. Throw them in jail. They're not getting any of it.
3: Uh And here's the thing, obviously. Okay. Let's say they go to jail, but then they get released at some point, which, you know, I don't think pedophiles once you're a pedophile, always a pedophile. I don't think Uh you can, you cannot be reformed if, if you are, having sex with underage children and viewing that material, Um, like, obviously, you're going to want, if they get out, they're going to have to be monitored and their internet should be monitored. They should just be monitored in general. They should fucking have a tracking device implanted in them, if anything. Um, No, like, how does that even make sense? like there's so it's so easy to get around all that stuff anyway isn't
0: there like computer hackers that aren't allowed to use computers or is that a movie thing i don't
2: know no no they're they're not i mean the january 6 people have gotten banned i told you there was that one guy who had a probation violation for he was banned from using like all social media apps and he created a tinder account someone like (laughs) doxed him and then reported it to the police and he got time added to his probation for going on tinder Actually, you
3: know, a friend of mine- Was he wearing
0: the buffalo horns in his Tinder picture?
2: Well, he was saying, I'm not trying to insurrection anymore. I'm just trying to regular erection now. Yeah, perfect. So, there you go. No,
3: They're actually, a, a friend guy, of mine who became, a, like, a world-famous guitarist- Okay. When he was really young, he, um, this is years ago, he was, uh, like, a computer genius. And he got caught hacking by the federal government with, like, a group of people. And he was banned from using the computer for, like- five years or more and then that's how he learned how to play guitar and he became like the best one of the best guitar players in the world yeah that's it's just like oh, it's a thing it's actually a thing no it, it definitely
2: is and, and it's one that's becoming more common in cases but the thing is if criminals want to continue to commit crimes after they get out on no cash bail they're going to find a way to get a gun if addicts would like to continue to use drugs after they get out of you know yeah. rehab or whatever they'll find drugs if people want to continue to look at compromising pictures of children being exploited and sexually abused on the internet, then they're going to find a way to get it. Of course.
3: It's without a doubt. Probably
2: just uh, head on down to Mexico and probably find some stuff out of the country. You can't check the internet there.
0: You boys like Mexico? There
2: you go. Well, Lindsey Graham, round two. This time, Gitmo edition. Let's hear it. Ooh. Mm.
9: Mr. Chairman, according to the department, uh, Director of National Intelligence, is 31%. Somebody is wrong here. If you're going to talk about what I said, I'm going to respond to what okay. you said. If we close Gitmo and move them to Colorado, do you support indefinite detention under the law of war for these detainees?
10: I would just say uh, I'm giving the facts, and I the answer is sure, no. I want to make sure that it's clear the 31% you referred to goes back to the year 2009.
9: What does it matter when it goes back to we had them and they got loose and they started killing people? Yep. Well, I could just say that uh, if you're one of the people killed in 2005, does it matter to you when we release them? Suggest that a president of your own party released them. I'm suggesting the system that has danger. failed miserably and advocates to change this system like she was, in, was, was advocating would destroy our ability to protect this country. We're at war. We're not fighting a crime. This is not some passage of time event. As long as they're dangerous, I hope they all die in jail if they're going to go back and kill Americans. It won't bother me one bit if 39 of them die in prison. The That's a better outcome to the let them go. And if it costs $500 million to keep them in jail, keep them in jail because they're going to go back to the fight. Look at the friggin' Afghan government. It's made up of former detainees at Gitmo. Yep. This whole thing by the left about this war ain't working.
2: And at that point, Lindsey picked up his Diet Coke, put the cap back on it, twisted it tight, and left the room. He was done. Good for him. Him and his little pig face left. (laughs) No, I mean, between him and Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley and Tom Cotton, they were probably the biggest bringers of fire during this thing. Yeah. Um, You know, and and it's just... They've been wanting to do this whole Gitmo thing for years. We saw, I mean the Taliban's director of communications right now, was one of our highest-profile detainees at Gitmo. So to say that on any level, can these people be rehabilitated, whether they're watching videos of kids getting diddled or... Well, now they have business cards. Well, that's true, and they do ask for wars to stop. But I do have an update, a live one. Hmm. Uh, Just saw tweeted now. So the pedophile sentenced to three months by Katanji Brown Jackson continued to seek out sexually arousing images of teen boys and has reoffended 5 times.
0: Oh, what? so you're saying the NPR people looked on the internet but they only looked at like the fact check website where everything's fine?
2: Right, cuz pedophiles don't reoffend when they get let out early. Yeah. Way right. earlier than the proposed. I mean, it was 3 months from 72. Yeah. It was the Come on, man. So,
0: the I mean, the whole argument is that because of the technologically advanced age we live in that these people can't be judged on the fact that they would get a Manila envelope containing 20 images and now they get a zip file with 50,000. So I understand you're not going to like give somebody in, you know, jail time in perpetuity because they had 50,000 images. But at the same time, there's a reasonable amount of time. 3 months is not a reasonable amount of time for somebody who's seeking out and
2: viewing
3: He reoffended five times, five times. I mean, everybody
2: can go on a diet and not eat bread for a couple months, and then you just go back to crushing bread after a few months. You know what I'm saying?
3: More than before, like ever before. Well. Oh, my word. There's no way to
2: wrap our brains around it. It just doesn't make sense to people that could logically think. You would think that someone that is nominated for SCOTUS would be able to think outside the realms of, like, a normal person like myself with a relatively high IQ, but probably not as high as Joe Biden says hers is or hunter biden smartest man he ever met rick scott weighed in on a uh, Pedogate version two let's hear mm. him uh talk about it
1: i had the opportunity to point appoint 407 people as judges <clears throat> my standard was really pretty simple i didn't talk about the issues i talked to them that whether they understood that they're the judiciary not the legislative branch of government if they couldn't convince me that they thought they were only the judiciary i wouldn't appoint them judiciary now, I had a nice meeting with Judge Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seems like a very nice person, but we have a right to understand her background. She's only had two appellate decisions. When she was a district court judge, she was overturned based on not applying the right legal standard, ah. uh, exceeding her judicial authority. She seems to be very soft on um, sexual predators, people that have you know, harmed our children. We have a right to know the answer to these things, so the American public knows that justices of of the highest court in this land are not going to be activist judges. They're not going to be doing what the legislature does. They're simply going to interpret
2: the law. Rick Scott needs to get his shit together because, like, three weeks ago, loved him. 11-point plan to save America. A lot of Donald Trump's original campaign 2016 stuff in there. Awesome. Two weeks ago, he was super no-fly zone. Mm -hmm. Pro no-fly zone. Bad. Mm -hmm. And now he comes back with, you know, sticking up for the kids. Mm. so it's just like
3: all over the place
2: yeah they all are right now they don't know what to do right well they're
0: talking about her decisions that have been struck down or upheld or Mm -hmm. what have you and I think they reference the fact that some of her things had been struck down her decisions had been overturned I guess is what I'm looking for but later on they were actually upheld or changed or honored it's like, okay, well, you know, guess who was impeached and later that was overturned? Mm.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: you, you can't have the logic go both ways, can you? I
2: right. know one person who wishes it wasn't overturned. He's very turtly. Oh. He weighed in. Worst turtle ever. Well, he, he was like a medium turtle in this one. Let's hear him uh, give his take. Turtle power.
11: The Judiciary Committee completed its hearing well, a judiciary Committee, huh? Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. I enjoyed meeting the nominee. I went into the Senate's process with an open mind. Oh. But after studying the nominee's record and watching her performance this week, I cannot and will not support Judge Jackson for a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. Hmm. First, Judge Jackson refuses to reject the fringe position that Democrats should try to pack the Supreme Court. Justice Ginsburg and Justice Breyer had no problem denouncing this unpopular view and defending their institution. I assumed this would be an easy softball for Judge Jackson, but it wasn't.
0: Good point.
2: He's not
11: finished. The nominee suggested there are two legitimate sides. He turns the pages
0: issue. just as slow as he talks. He was unwrapping his
11: She <laughs> has a view on the matter, but would not share it. She inaccurately compared her non answer to a different, narrower question that a prior nominee was asked. But Judge Jackson sim- seemingly actually tipped her hand. She said she would be, quote, thrilled to be one of however many. However many.
4: Mm.
11: However. The opposite of Ginsburg and Breyer sentiment. The most radical pro-court packing fringe groups badly wanted this nominee for this vacancy. Judge Jackson was the court packer's pick and she testified like it.
0: Yeah, not wrong.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, they, they want to pack the court so bad.
2: So, no, the pack the court pick can't define what a biological woman is, soft on all crimes involving pedophilia, is foreclosing Gitmo, based off of her testimony, cannot in any way, shape, or form vote on anything to do with Title IX or Roe B. Wade, which is... They're both going to be Supreme Court cases in the next few years, especially Title IX is going to come back hard after all this bullshit is going on with these transgenders and the, you know, women's sports. And uh, they said as soon as we get power back, Roe v. Wade's going to get overturned. You know, they're really going to push for uh, the Supreme Court to sit down and take a look at it. I mean, we have the numbers now. We just don't have the numbers in the at the congressional level to get it there.
3: Gosh, I so. hope they overturn it.
2: Me too. And And, and, and we have to remember, her vote, it literally means nothing because of the numerical demographic of the Supreme Court right now, unless,
1: mm-hmm. I mean,
2: we're we're what, eight months out of the midterms? If Joe Biden can figure out a way to get the Supreme Court packing passed? Right. What is that? Is that is that a 60 vote thing? I mean, I don't even know if it's been actually proposed, if not just debated. Um, but it's one of those things. I don't think you can write an executive order for it. You shouldn't be able to change the highest court in the lands from the.
3: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, the
2: Resolute Desk. Right. But, um, you know, it's one of those things. Listen, we unpacked a lot for you. I'm, I'm sure there's some things that she's done well in her life, like grew yeah. up privileged and graduated from Harvard. She was a classmate or there the same time as Ted Cruz. He referenced it several times over the course of the hearings. She doesn't seem like she's an evil person. It just seems like she's mentally warped. Like as well, She's got an agenda. Yeah, radical, progressive, lefty. Well, yeah.
3: I think she's compromised you know well yeah completely to be fair i mean considering i mean just those cases alone that they were talking about when it comes to these sex offenders it's just it's ridiculous and there's There's something wrong with this female like like you said i'm sure she's done good things in her life you know and has accomplished many great things and whatever you know i don't see i don't get the vibe of her being like evil But you never know, like just based on those decisions alone tells me enough about this person.
2: So my take on it is we've seen the administrative state kind of not give a fuck about this administration. We all thought that they were going to be like live in the heyday, but we all know after long discussions with a lot of people who have been in and around the beltway for a long time, how the administrative state works. They have no bosses or career appointments and as long as they could, you know, make their jobs easier, be lazier, and not have to do anything, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. So when this administration went out and made the wrong decision in every single thing, foreign and domestic, the border, kids in schools, weaponizing the DOJ, you name it, they've done it, the administrative state doesn't care because it doesn't affect them.
10: <laughs>
2: but you would think if they saw things that would negatively affect them, um, they'd pump the brakes on it. We've yet to see it with this administration. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, even getting some of this major legislation passed, like Build Back Better and the Voting Rights Bill and things like that. If this woman is not confirmed when the Dems are in power across the board, it definitely says, like, it's good for the court, but fucking scary for the country. Mm. Because this should be an absolute slam dunk. But you've seen some people come out already. I mean, listen, Mitch McConnell, I thought he was going to be the last person to weigh in on his Like, I could have seen him giving, a, like, like a dissent on it, but to make a decision like that on the Senate floor, uh, it's kind of out of character for him. Yeah, it was wild coming right. from him. So, you know, like, Senator uh, Rick Scott, I completely, like, Ted Cruz did the news circuit and talked shit about this lady, completely, di- you know, thought that was coming. Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley, they all went out and did it. Even Marsha Blackburn did a couple shows and was very displeased with her stuff, and she kept hitting on those points for women's sports, Title IX, and uh, Roe v. Wade, but... If the administrative state lets this lady not get confirmed, it's a scary time for our country right now. Because then it's just like, all the people who are running the country have no fucking idea what they're doing. And the glue that usually holds the country together also doesn't give a fuck at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of the way you have to look at it right now. So I'm hopeful. Unfortunately, this morning I saw a press release even though he's going to do a little bit more research and can, you know, sit down and talk with a couple of his colleagues up on Capitol Hill, Joe Manchin looks like he's a yes. I thought he was going to be a no. I really don't think those non-protections for women is something that resonates in his state. And uh, it looks like he's going to be a yes on the vote. So we're going to have to see if they have the numbers. Uh, Kristen Sinema, I heard, was still 50-50. And then, you know, some of our... Usual shitbag colleagues who are just riding out the fumes, which is the rest of their career for the next eight months or so, are going to vote whichever way the money goes. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to see what happens. But, uh, you know, it's definitely something we wanted to give you a few, I guess you could say, tastes Mm. of what the hearings were like. And there were several different flavors. They were sour. Very. That's why we had to wash it down last clip with the Werther's original, the butterscotch. Right. There you go. (laughs) You know who isn't butterscotch or vanilla in his senatorial campaign is going to be our first guest today. We're going to get an on the campaign trail update from the former governor of Missouri, current senatorial candidate, and what we'd like to call a little bit of a steak exclusive.
11: And now, a steak exclusive.
2: Jumping in here with us with a big update from the campaign trail. He's the next senator to be representing the great state of Missouri. Eric Greitens, thanks for joining us today.
12: Guys, it is awesome to be on with you. Thanks for having me back on the Steak for Breakfast podcast. I appreciate it.
2: And we appreciate you, sir, and the amazing campaign you're running right now. How's everything going on the campaign trail? I want not give our listenership a little bit of an update?
12: Yeah, for sure, man. Things are going very well. We are ahead in all of the polls, and we know... We have the left scared, we've got the mainstream media scared, and we have the rhinos terrified because they are coming after us. It's been really good. Just this week, you guys might remember, when I was governor, I was viciously attacked by a Soros-funded prosecutor who came after me with a false case against me. And just this week, The corrupt FBI agent who was hired by that Soros-funded prosecutor and was charged with seven felonies for perjury and evidence sampling for coming after me, just pled guilty. They just pled guilty. So the truth has come out. That was a great victory for us this week.
2: You know, I'm gonna touch on a couple things right there.
0: How how, how have people tried to... uh, Well, I just did a Steve Bannon just then. How, how,
2: how? uh, (laughs) There you go.
0: How do they try to... uh, wash that seven felonies, like, you know, because they always try to explain away anything like this.
12: You know what they did, man? They just ignored it. They just ignored it. They will pump. This is what the mainstream media does. They will push out the false accusations. They'll push them out for years. And then when the truth comes out, they remain completely quiet. And you know, your listeners have gotten used to this. It is the pattern now. They pumped those Trump-Russia collusion hoax lies for years. They said it was Russian disinformation that Hillary Clinton was spying on the Trump campaign for years. They they attacked General Flynn, pushed those lies for years. Even things like, like President Trump going to Lafayette Square, all of those were lies, and they pushed those lies for months for years and then what happens is when the truth comes out they think that we're not going to notice but thanks to guys like you and other courageous people who are willing to stand up and fight for the truth on all of these issues we are getting our message out we've had tremendous support from the people of Missouri
2: yeah that's, that's the fact of the matter right there and you know I, I just want to jump in the Wayback Machine real quick a couple months last time you yeah. were on our show I purposely stayed away from all of that stuff because I knew it was developing and nearing the end. I'd done a lot of research on it. But the fact of the matter is it just looked like it was going nowhere because nothing had happened to it. You had launched because a very— it was. Exactly. You launched a very successful senatorial campaign and, and, right. and ran into the same roadblocks that I saw coming from the establishment Republicans, the, the legacy media, and then the radical progressive left. So I said, there must be something else here. That doesn't seem like it's very important to this campaign or to our listenership to hear anything that's going on with the Senate race in Missouri right now. And it just seems as we're bringing you back today, you're not only vindicated, but fresh up for some new attacks, which I which I also saw in that Breitbart article, which was released yesterday, which I, I think are completely out of bounds and, and eventually going to go nowhere. It seems like a bunch of drive-by headlines to me. And, and it's just one of those things where... We know, you know, your service in the military and then your service as the governor of Missouri, you know what eyes on the prize looks like. You know what it's like to compete in these races, what goes on in them, especially when you were the governor, all the stuff you had to go through and what it takes to win. And it looks like you're uh, laser focused right there in regards to getting things done right now and uh, being the next senator from that state.
12: One hundred percent. We're laser focused on the mission. The mission is the America first agenda. mission is taking our country back, not just from the leftists, but taking it back from the rhino and the establishment swamp. That is 100% our mission, and we are winning it. And you know that we're winning it, not just because we're up in every poll, but you're exactly right. This very same week, this very same week when the Soros-funded corrupt FBI agent pleads guilty, and it's no coincidence that the rhinos launched this wild, vicious, nasty series of accusations, from stuff that they claim happened four years ago, right? And they think that people are stupid. They think that we don't see their game, but we've seen right through it. And I do encourage everybody to go out, read the full article at Breitbart. And what it details is how Carl Rove and Mitch McConnell, yep. while I was on spring break with my boys, I was on spring break with my boys for eight straight days, right? And we're out, we're hiking, we're camping, we're doing, you know, dad stuff, where we're swimming, playing, having a good time. And they got together in Washington, D.C. with my ex-wife, and we caught them. In Washington, D.C., they wrote up a series of nasty accusations. In Washington, D.C., they notarized them. In Washington, D.C., they gave those to a bunch of Mitch McConnell staffers to pump out to the media, and we've blown through all of their lies straight away. Everybody obviously sees that they are false, which they are, but we've also caught the rhinos at their game, which is to make nasty false accusations at the very moment when America first candidates and true Patriots are clearly in the lead.
2: Yeah. And it's one of those things they could see the end of the tunnel. And that light keeps getting very, very dim that right now when it comes to the leadership that, that, you know, Mitch McConnell is not going to have when all of these America first true Patriots get over the finish line in November and, and are representing their States in the Senate right there.
12: 100%, 100%. And you guys will remember, I was the first candidate in the country to come out and say that when I'm in the United States Senate, no more Mitch McConnell, no more rhinos, we need new strong America first leadership. And that's exactly why the rhino swamp came after me.
2: Yeah. We're going to, uh, you know, keep tracking that and the success of your campaign right now. And of course, we're going to ask that at some point in the near future, you're able to come back and uh, join us for another segment and an update. Why don't you let our listenership know where they could follow you if they're not already doing so, sir, your uh, website and social medias.
12: Yeah, you bet guys. Be honored to have everybody come out and join us. We're at www.ericbrightens.com. It's E R I C G R E I T E N S.com. com com. Come on out to EricGreitens.com. Sign up, join the army, and follow us on all of the platforms at EricGreitens. And we're gonna we're gonna do it together, guys. We're gonna revive this country and take it back from the rhinos and the left.
2: You're leading from the front, sir, as was the case when you you know were in office last time. This is the former governor of Missouri and soon to be the next senator representing the same state, Mr. Eric Greitens. Thanks for joining us today and steak for breakfast.
12: Oh yeah, gentlemen. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon.
2: Take care. That's good to get an update from the governor. Seems like he's doing uh, fairly well with the recent developments. Yeah. Stemming from that Breitbart article yesterday and all of the uh, Russian disinformation that came out during his last time in office.
0: Well, the issue is that once that information's out there, whether it's true or not, people just keep, I mean, we've seen it with a thousand different things. People just keep running with it. So it's, it's damage control to a certain extent, but it's damage is done.
2: Right, how many, but I think he's going to bounce back. How many times have those uh, lawyers up in New York said that Donald Trump's definitely going to jail for multiple felonies? Right. <laughs> it's been going on for the last almost six years now.
0: But Hunter Biden's a stand-up character. Smart man yeah, Joe did, Biden never
3: met. Didn't a bunch of them uh, leave the case? Yes. In SDNY, I believe. Yes.
0: You probably don't want that on your record as no. a fail.
2: I think they saw what happened with Stormy Daniels combined with the fact that I forgot about that. Donald Trump's now suing Hillary Clinton.
0: You see the meme with Trump doing the like poking his hands with the
2: give me the money? Yep. (laughs) So good. Yeah, it's more wins for the big guy, the real big guy. You know who's not the real big guy? Who? Zelensky.
0: He's like the, the medium guy.
2: I guess. Russia and Ukraine, their conflict. Entered month two yesterday with uh, still very little warlike footage. It it was pretty funny. I saw some of the legacy media news shows yesterday. I believe both Newsmax and Fox News ran with stories that showed the invasion of Iraq and what Baghdad looked like on night one of the war there and how everything in the capital city of Baghdad was fucking... Decimated. Yes, bigly. And uh, supposedly Russia has comparable weapons to what we used back then if not some better now and uh we've yet to see any we see we're
0: gonna have to do a lot of stucco repair
2: yeah that's all we see is is i mean these are more classical buildings right concrete stonework and
0: stuff and there have been some historical buildings that have been damaged that is a real bummer you know yeah
2: well we saw the biblically historical places in iraq get absolutely destroyed if not by us uh, the Taliban or I'm sorry, ISIS did a great job of it in thereafter. But uh performing in front of a green screen, which became the backdrop for a lot of memes, uh Zelensky supposedly went out into the middle of the square in the capital, to do a like hype video and rah rah. But it was a green screen? It was a green was screen. Green screen. <laughs> yeah, not only was it a green screen but the memers in like the Patriotic Meme Alliance and the friend zone meme share team they all you know you got joe biden walking through you got hunter biden in the underwear coming through (laughs) hillary clinton like looking over her head at all the stuff like yeah so it it was pretty bad and he spoke in english let's hear him uh kind of talk about what's going on over there it's not
13: only the war against ukraine its (laughs) meaning is much wider russia started the war against freedom as it is this is only the beginning for russia on the ukrainian land russia is trying to defeat the freedom of all people in europe of all the people in the world Liar. it tries to show that only crude and cruel force matters C- crude oil it tries to show yeah. that people do not matter as well as everything else than make us people that's the reason we all must stop russia the world must stop the war i thank everyone who acts in support of ukraine in support of freedom but the war continues the acts of terror against peaceful people go on one month already that long it breaks my heart hearts of all ukrainians and every free person on the planet that's why i ask you to stand against the war starting from march 24th exactly one month after the Russian invasion. From this day and after then. Show your standing. Come from your offices, your homes, your schools and universities. Come in the name of peace. Come with Ukrainian symbols to support Ukraine, to support freedom, to support life come to your squares your streets make yourselves visible and heard say that people matter freedom matters peace matters ukraine matters from march 24th in downtowns of your cities you hear the echo all from being as inside. one together who want mm-hmm. to stop the war
3: stop bombing your own people yeah Okay. <laughs> what is
2: like, what is worldwide walkouts?
3: Yeah, like they going to do. It's so ridiculous and pathetic. They're trying so hard to get the public to engage. You know, like you know, like they did with the uh, George Floyd, and you know, d- they're demanding the people to get loud and whatnot. But people are seeing right through it for the most part, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I shared something from Jack Posobiec yesterday that showed some mild engagements on supposedly the outside of Kiev and uh, even he said he's like wow this is some of the actual of, of the this is some of the first actual war footage that I've seen so I'm going to share it um, you know you can't really verify because it's tight it looks like they're on a railroad tracks outside of like you know some kind of a depot and these guys are like running back and forth shooting shoulder-fired missiles at each other
0: I've seen a lot of that footage though where they're shooting like rockets at at no. tanks that are in a field or something like that. I saw a
2: good one this morning. There was, like, a an ammo truck that had backed up to, like, a ditch. And the tank was in a ditch probably for cover, and it was, mm. you know, lobbing, whatever. So the back of the tank was open, and there was a guy standing behind the tank in the bottom of the ditch. He was taking out the empty artillery shells and throwing them into a pile, and then two <laughs> idiots were taking live ammunition, artillery shells, and sliding them down the frozen hill.
1: Oh, that's that,
2: safe. It went for about five or six and then one exploded. Oh God. Th- that's how the video ended. But
0: I guess those are a lot more fragile than we thought. Yeah.
2: So it, it's just some of the weirdest shit I've ever seen has come out of this so far. And I mean, even, even the things where like I saw a drone footage and it showed like over some forest and then it like shows like blue computerized outlines of like tanks hidden in the trees. And then, you know, tanks getting blown up by artillery. But I'm just like, this could be from anywhere. There was also footage of, like, five helicopters getting shot down this morning that was confirmed from a video game. People were reposting the video game clips in the comments and telling, this was an actual verified account that shared this. And it said, like, Ukrainian forces using this type of whatever shot down this, and it gave, like, the, you know, number, like, whatever the um, type of helicopter it was. And it, it was literally, like, a cinema scene from... Yeah, segue in a video game.
3: Uh, How I'm just waiting for the is-
0: Grand Theft Auto, you know. <laughs> the, the, the Russians are punching out hookers in the street. <laughs>
3: <laughs> How many times do they need to get caught for people to finally be like, okay, something's off here, you know? Well,
0: and some of this stuff could just be people trolling, you know, like. Yeah, they're, that's they're, the Redditors. They're, yeah, I mean, like, We Too Low, Some Ting Wong, like. <laughs> yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> it's bad. Speaking of those two names. China's ambassador to the U.S., (laughs) Kin Gang. He joined uh, Face the Nation this weekend, and and the host there got his face a little bit about China maybe secretly helping Russia with this proxy war uh, with the United States. So let's kind of hear her get all hot and bothered. And uh, you be concerned if Russia
14: amassed more than 150,000 troops at China's border?
15: Mm -hmm. Well, that's why. We want well, just to, be clear, to have a, a China, good, you would, good you would, friendly, good, neighborly relations with Russia. But you would recognize that it's
14: good, friendly, neighborly relations Put 150,000 troops on the border of a neighboring country and then to send those troops into that country. Well, In those circumstances, why can't you condemn this as an invasion?
15: Mm-hmm. Well, let's don't be naive. Condemnation.
14: It sounds naive to say that's not an invasion. It doesn't
15: a, solve the problem. That number 7 I, on the menu. I'll I be 100. surprised if Russia will back down by condemnation. What is well, urgently Will they back needed down
14: if your president is, asks Vladimir Putin to back down? Will your yeah. president ask Vladimir Putin to back we down? We have done so. They rely and we will on continue
15: you. to promote peace talks and you know, urge uh, immediate fire. And, uh, you know, condemnation you know, only doesn't help. We need wisdom. We need wisdom, we need courage, and we need good diplomacy.
14: Well, Vladimir, Vladimir Zelensky says he would like to meet with Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Zelensky's in a bunker. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin is at a political mm-hmm. pro-war rally right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. You can't have diplomacy when it is one country, the only one country willing to actually
15: negotiate. Mm-hmm. China has good relations with Russia, has good relations with Ukraine, and the China keeps close communications with the United States and with Europe. Mm-hmm. They Thanks, General They enable Milley. China yeah. to reach to all parties' concerns in the crisis. The so China's unique role you know
11: mm-hmm.
2: can help the so peaceful tell me settlement how, tell me
15: all
14: because the crisis i
2: keep they would go back and forth a little bit she probably got beat after for all the you know ways china controls not only our media but our movies and television and all of their stuff in addition to the half a trillion dollars we're in the hole for of consumer goods we purchase from them every year well she
0: definitely wasn't on location cuz she'd probably be in the gulag for <laughs> getting spicy with them
2: yeah. So, you know, that's kind of where they were uh, going on that end. Hillary Clinton making a little bit of a rebound from COVID, which apparently she had last week, double-vaxxed and <sighs> thrice boosted. her and Jensen Three City. boosters? Oh, you know, she's in the age range. How many boosters are you allowed to get right now? How long do vampires live
0: for?
3: People so are on that force, you know? I think.
0: Fourth, oh no, so fourth, fourth shot, shot or fourth fourth booster? Uh, I,
2: I believe.
3: Shot, I believe. Yeah,
2: fourth
0: so shot. Two.
3: even five.
0: One or two and then a couple of boosters. There you go. That seems yeah. excessive for something that, uh, well, I mean.
3: Ridiculous, man.
0: I'm not a vaccinologist.
2: Well, <laughs> neither is she and neither is Tucky, but she was talking shit about Tucky on somebody else's podcast. Not steak for breakfast. Probably not stake for war room either. <laughs> but Tucky weighed in on, oh. uh, stop it. <laughs> kill dog talking shit about him, let's hear it.
5: In 2011, on the advice of then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, the United States military began bombing Syria. Now it was never clear why we did that. Why would we want to kill the leader, I mean of Libya rather? Why would we want to kill <laughs> Muammar Gaddafi we can't when that he was, he was coming helping up us anymore. at the time? What was the purpose? We're still not sure we know what the aftermath was, one of the greatest humanitarian crises of our lives. Slaves are now sold in open-air markets in Tripoli, along with child rape and the normal miseries of a disintegrating society. Yep. So Hillary Clinton has been asked about this, not very often, but occasionally. Has she apologized? No, and said she's laughed about it. Watch this.
4: That is the land of
14: unconfirmed. videos. Yes, we came, we saw, he died. <laughs> did it have anything to do with your visit? No, I'll, I'm sure it did.
2: Fabulous.
5: Imagine cackling like that <laughs> when you talk about someone dying. It doesn't matter who it is. Moe Markoffee, it doesn't matter. It's a human being who died on your orders and you're laughing about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: So that's obviously psychotic behavior, obvious to most people. But if you point that out in public, her many failures, Hillary Clinton's and the neocon foreign policy establishment more broadly, they have a response. It used to be maybe they would try to defend what they did or explain why it was in America's national interest. Now they just call you a traitor. Mm -hmm. Here's Hillary Clinton saying that on a podcast yesterday. The Russian
4: government even broadcasts uh, Tucker Carlson, who appears on Fox News. I'm
2: pretty sure because they of don't. what
4: he says in support of Putin or casting doubt on uh, those who are seeing with our own eyes what Putin is doing. It evokes the role
14: of left-wing apologists for communism, you know, in, in the in the last century, and I think their behavior comes out of something similar. Their dislike of their own country, of the United States, of the nature of modern America, is so strong that they are looking for alternatives anywhere, even if those are autocratic alternatives. An Apple
5: bomb. She's a foreign policy expert. Trust us, we're in trouble. But what's so interesting is that the people who legitimately loathe America, who won't stand for the national anthem, who tell you this country was born in sin and iniquity and yep. its core institutions are rotten and you should feel shame for living here. Those are exactly the people calling anyone who criticizes their terrible foreign policy decisions as a traitor to America. You just don't love America enough. Say the people won't stand for the national anthem.
2: It's hilarious. On that- well, General, yeah. General McGregor, who's been making the rounds, he's made the most sense of this whole conflict that's going on between Russia and Ukraine right now, he's actually given the other side of the take, talking about Western expansion, Western degeneracy, and a lot of the corruption that's going on inside Ukraine and has for years. It's been the cookie jar that all of the people in the, the West, especially in the United States, have been dipping their hands in for a long time. That's why we ran a color revolution there, and that's why this current government is in power. He was on Michael Savage this week, and I listened to a portion of the show, which surprised me most. He made a really good argument about Vladimir Putin, and Antoinette, you've talked about it at an extent, not being a communist. Not supporting traditional communism.
0: Nobody likes communists.
2: No. He's more of a preserver of Western values. Faith, family, prosperous (laughs) society. Now, again... Not sticking up for the guy, obviously, Stone Cold Killer, blah, 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 blah. We give the spiel every week. But if you don't at least listen to the other side of the argument, what makes most sense? Do any of Vladimir Putin's children or any of his cabinet's children sit on the board of energy companies in Ukraine? Like Nancy Mm -hmm. Pelosi's, Mitt Romney's, and obviously the sitting president of the United States do. You know, did we run a color revolution there to replace a pro United States, do a whole bunch of shit there government after Crimea? Yes, we did. We certainly did.
7: Mm-hmm. And
2: and it's kind of, you know, the situation that we're in right now, someone who's really been getting their ass kicked up on Capitol Hill um, is Marjorie Taylor Greene. And uh, she's been getting it pretty bad for her taking that kind of a stance on this whole situation. And what is two of three straight clips from Tucky. She sat down with them last night to talk about it. Let's hear her.
5: We're watching carefully. So one of the many unintended, we don't know, one of the consequences of the war in Ukraine is food shortages. Ukraine is one of the world's leading wheat exporters. As a result of the fighting there now, there will be food insecurity in this country and there will be famine In the developing world, people will die. In Cameroon, for example, the government says it's facing a weed shortage that's increased the price of bread by more than 40%. So, to be very clear, the government of Ukraine is controlled by the US State Department. If Joe Biden called Zelensky on the phone tonight and said, come to terms, let's end this, let's restore stability to Europe and prevent famine in the developing world and food insecurity in this country, he'd get it done like that. But he won't do that. The State Department and the Congress are standing in the way of that. Why, you wonder? Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of the only members of Congress who is willing to think this through in public. She represents the state of Georgia. We're honored to have her on our show tonight. Congresswoman, thanks so much for coming on. So how concerned are you that neocon foreign policy is going to cause food shortages in this country and the rest of the world?
10: I'm extremely concerned. And what really concerns me even more, Tucker, is that the rest of Congress isn't concerned about the American people. Mm-hmm. And if we really care about people, then we would be doing everything we can to be urging Putin and Zelensky to the negotiating table to stop this war and bring peace. But no, we have the same people in charge. You know, the adults, they're back in charge. The ones that removed Gaddafi from Libya and then led to the Arab Spring and ISIS destabilize the Middle East and then remember what Biden said, he said, NATO got it right. Well now Biden is president of the United States and he's heading over to Eastern Europe to encourage the international community to get involved because what does he want? He wants war. And really what concerns me, Tucker, is it's not just the Biden administration and those that are so invested in regime change over the years. It's also Congress, even Republicans. Republicans like Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, who could stop Biden's nominees and and this Supreme Court justice nominee that can't even figure out what a woman is, he could be doing those kind of things and caring about our southern border. Republicans in, in the Senate especially, they have control right now because three Democrats are missing. I wish that my colleagues in Congress, Republicans and Democrats, Would care more about securing our border, doing something about this crime, out of control inflation and gas prices, which is what the people in my district care about, instead of beating the drums of war and wanting nuclear war with Putin that will undoubtedly lead to food shortages and famines, and then people will really suffer.
5: So just to be, I just want you to know the rules, though, because you care about inflation, gas prices and food insecurity in the United States. You hate America. Are you, are
2: you ready for that? <laughs> Sounds about right.
10: Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard that that makes you hate America. No, that's agreeing. the lie. Right. They always tell it because they have to blame people like us who are actually speaking out. And then a few people like me that are willing to vote against sanctions because I actually do care about people not starving to death.
5: Well, that's right. Very few. Three or four out of the entire Republican conference. It's shameful. Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, thank you for joining
2: us tonight. So I thought that was a pretty solid and, and well-thought-out take. Mm-hmm. Um, she's right, 100%. That's a lot of the narrative that we've been talking about, you know, some of the repercussions that are going to happen from that and her not being able to understand why some of her counterparts, especially in the same party, are acting the same way. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes for a whole lot of sense. So... I just think we have to kind of, you know, see how this continues to develop and kind of pick it up from there. One thing is starting to heat up. Same commentator, different narrative. And with the help of some of our friends over at the National Pulse, namely Mr. Raheem Kassam and Natalie Winters, it looks like uh, the BioLabs thing, not only is it real, Uh but it's who's connected to it. Mm Did you hear about this, Antoinette? Yep. The smartest man in the world, apparently.
0: Oh, <sighs> really?
2: Yeah. Fantastic. Looks like Noah's out of the loop. Let's catch him up.
3: I'm so shocked.
0: I mean, I'm not surprised at all.
5: Remember the biolab story? It was a couple of weeks ago. So much has happened. But a couple of weeks ago, Torian Newland, that's the undersecretary of state who oversees Ukraine, mentioned in a Senate hearing that there are U.S. funded biolabs in Ukraine. And whatever's in these labs, Newland said to Marco Rubio, is so dangerous. She's worried it'll fall into the wrong hands, people could get hurt. Now we saw the tape of Newland saying this and we were really surprised. We'd never heard anything like this before. Biolabs in Ukraine, what, why? So we brought it up on air and we asked among other things, why didn't the Biden administration secure what was ever in these labs before the Russians invaded? That seemed like a fair question, maybe an important question. For asking it, we were immediately denounced by so-called reporters as disloyal agents of Vladimir Putin. They accused us of repeating discredited Russian disinformation about the existence of bioweapons in Ukraine. And they knew this because Pentagon Flax had handed them a, quote, fact sheet to <laughs> told them so. So they read the talk, as they always do. In fact, we hadn't even mentioned bioweapons. We just quoted what Toria Newland told the Senate and asked what it meant. The whole thing was absurd. Mm-hmm. But the experience did get us thinking, what is the truth here? Why exactly are we paying for biolabs in Ukraine, of all places? How long has this been going on and what's the purpose of it? So we started poking around to find out. We did. We just spoke to someone who knows the answer to this question, someone with direct first-hand knowledge of this topic. It turns out that our government has, for some time, funded biolabs in Ukraine that do, among other things, research on, yes, biological weapons. This is not a conspiracy theory. It's true. So why is the U.S. government doing this in Ukraine? The answer because no one wants to do bioweapons research in this country. It's too dangerous and it's too unpopular.
2: I've seen contagion. For decades,
5: the U.S. government worked on bioweapons at places like Fort Detrick in suburban Maryland or yep. underground at the Army's Dugway Proving Ground outside Salt Lake City. But after a series of accidents and controversies, the government decided to move bioweapons research offshore. Ukraine, among other countries, was a perfect place to relocate. Because Ukraine is not a democracy, the Ukrainian government can host all the bioweapons research it wants. There's nothing ordinary Ukrainians can do about it. That's the truth. Now, we're not shocked that our government is lying about this. A bioweapons program is, by definition, a national security matter. So you do not expect full transparency. That's okay. What we're shocked by is the Biden administration's willingness to attack anyone who presses them for answers as an agent of a hostile foreign power. Get out of our way or we'll accuse you of treason. Sounds about right. That's over the top. That's their M.O. Not just the White House, but the toadies in the press corps who do their bidding, <laughs> denouncing American citizens as disloyal for telling the truth. No wonder so many elected Republicans obey them. They're afraid not to. But there's more to the story. How much more? We're not sure. But the National Pulse is reporting tonight that apparently a private equity firm run by Hunter Biden <gasps> funded some of the research into pathogens in these bio labs. What are the outlines of that story? We're not sure but we know it's legitimate to ask what it means. Why wouldn't it be? You're not a Russian agent repeating discredited Putin talking points if you ask. Yeah. You're a good citizen, so we're gonna to continue to ask. We hope that others will too. Oh, not surprised. Well,
2: kudos to the team, though. They did, did a nice job of throwing that together, and mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool that Tucky shot them out. And gotta get Raheem on that show soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I remember back in simpler times, there was a man. Wait, what's a man? Noah, (laughs) a man, he wanted, listen, in today's inflated rates, it's like pennies, $4.5 billion to make it 10 feet taller. (laughs) Never happened. But in the course of the last nine, count them, nine business days, we have been able to come up with $14.5 billion dollars. For a country that doesn't have a centralized government anymore, they're operating from a basement using a green screen and they're in a conflict or, as they like to call it, a war, an invasion. Where is this money going and how is it getting there and what are they doing with it when they get it? Hopefully not stuffing suitcases and fucking bailing out of the country like we've seen some of the people who have been in the government there doing in the last couple of days. Somebody who, who wise, was, a, right? yeah, I mean, somebody's wife who was a high-ranking government official in Ukraine walked across the fucking border with like her, her suitcases full of cash, her matched luggage, her Royal Highness's matched luggage. Twenty-eight
3: Wasn't it American dollars. Yes, too? twenty-eight yeah.
2: million dollars.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's awkward. I mean, all that
3: printed money. It's no.
0: awkward to tow a pallet jack behind you.
3: Not widely reported, though. Imagine mm, that.
0: No weird.
2: Man couldn't get his wall finished. But here we are we could have built five walls (laughs) with that money
3: didn't they in the um what year the ndaa the defense spending Mm -hmm. military they added it in there somehow but they obviously they still continue to try to stop him from
2: thanks for our good friends over at the administrative state yep anyways so that's your update on uh russia and ukraine and the conflict that's going on there we're obviously going to keep you up to date on the Non war stuff like the invasion of Iraq, um, at least from the television standpoint. And then a lot of the logistics that are going on around it, like BioLabs and uh, Hillary Clinton calling Tucker Carlson paid Russian operatives, who gets played on state Russian or Russian state TV there. Nice. Gotta love it. All right, joining us next on the show here is he's a constitutional conservative and a political activist. More importantly, he's a candidate for the U.S. Congress. Going to represent maryland three antonio patoco thanks for joining us today on steak for breakfast absolutely thank you guys for having me oh it's our pleasure sir how is everything going with you it's going well you
16: know we've uh, we've been on the campaign trail now for about a year i saw got that on here yeah we got on about last year in february um, we knew that redistricting was obviously going to be a mess you know maryland's third congressional district is one of the most gerrymandered districts in the entire country so we knew that there was a lot of ground to cover um, you know, now that we have this good news out of the courts, where the judge has just ruled that the Democrats' partisan gerrymandering plan uh, silences Republican voters, silences voters in general. Um, you know, we're we're hopeful that this will play out, you know, in a in a way that gives the people of Maryland a balanced map and uh, a map that, more importantly, can finally elect some more Republicans here in the state.
2: Yeah, for how long you've been in the campaign? How much work you're doing? I'm, I'm I was checking out your social medias very recently and. uh, you know you want to have the opportunity to go out there and and be well represented when it comes to election time i'm assuming
16: yeah no absolutely i mean that's been the the biggest uphill battle in this in this entire campaign has been the fact that you know the the floor is constantly moving beneath our feet in terms of where the district lines are going to fall um so hopefully you know the judge did just rule that next week they have to be provided with a new congressional district redistricting map. Uh, hopefully this one gives us a little bit more clarity on where the battlegrounds are going to be so we can uh, move forward and you know give the people of Maryland what they deserve which is a voice in Washington that's actually going to listen to them and not the the corrupt political establishment that we currently have in place
2: yeah i think to the average listener of of you know or follower of politics it wouldn't make much sense to hear what we're talking about right now but you know our show our our listenership is pretty dialed in we we have almost exclusively people who are running in races all over the country right now. And, you know, we, we've heard about it for months in places like North Carolina, New Hampshire, Nevada, places like that, especially places like Tennessee, Maryland, you know, we, we hear is, is quite a hotbed for it as well. It's It blows my mind. We're seven and a half months out from going to the ballot box and you still don't have district lines drawn. Isn't that crazy to you?
16: it's it's kind of it's very absurd you know i mean by now the uh the filing deadline would have already passed yeah and we'd be rapidly approaching the primary on june 28th but unfortunately they moved the filing deadline once they just moved it again and they just pushed our primary back luckily they can't move the primary any more than it already has been but you know and i think this was all kind of by design by the democrats they wanted republican candidates who you know have a shot at doing the right thing and you know making it to congress they wanted us in in a position where we didn't know exactly what to do, where to campaign and, and how to best tackle this election. So, you know, but at the end of the day, we're going to keep doing what we've been doing for the last year and keep pushing forward until we get to get to November and pull off a win.
2: Yeah. I like the sound of that. All right. Let's try to talk about as much of Maryland three, as you know, might be part of the district that you're in right now. What are some of the issues that are in your campaign platform that are important to the people there?
16: You know, right now we have seen the inflation just crippling Marylanders across the state, especially here in the district. I mean, you know, our gas prices were up. Uh, You know, going to the grocery store is not as easy as it was two years ago. Um, Everything's just more expensive. Another thing we're seeing a lot of is the crime just spiraling out of control. We're seeing it in Baltimore. I mean, you get on, I get on Twitter in the morning and it's almost every single day, sometimes on the hour that we're seeing someone was shot and killed, someone was robbed. You know, and that's starting to spiral out into the communities around the state. Um, we're seeing it here where I live in Annapolis. Crime is just running rampant. And it's because our elected officials, the Democrat elected officials, have completely just taken up the mantra of defunding the police. They declared war on our police after the last, quote, summer of love that they claimed happened. Um, you know, and we, we really need to dial it back. We need to get back to the basics and understand that Marylanders and, you know, just people across the country, they want the government to leave them alone. They don't we need to have access to our life, liberty and pursuit of happiness without the government breathing down our neck. We want to live in safe communities. We want our kids to get a good education. You know, our our children are our future. And right now, the school system, especially here in Baltimore, with what we've seen, prefers money and power over actually making sure that our kids don't end up on the street in jail or in the morgue. And that's really unfortunate with what we're seeing right now.
2: Yeah, it kind of blew my mind when we sat down with Dan Cox a few weeks ago. And he talked about that legislation that was passed to where someone could go to jail for committing crimes and through some kind of piece of legislation that got passed there, like do a pseudo Freedom of Information Act and dox the entire family of the police officer that put him in jail as as part of public record. So then they can give that information to people that can go and commit crimes against these, you know, police officers, uh, families
0: or if they're pending trial.
2: Yeah. It's just that's just absolutely crazy to me. I can't believe that that's, a, you know, even a thing. And I'm glad that, you know, there's obviously candidates like you in the race who sound like you uh, definitely back the blue and, and our men and women in law enforcement.
16: One hundred percent. There's no question about it. You know, when you pick up the phone and call the police, they don't ask you if you're black or white. They don't ask you if you're rich or poor. They they run towards the danger. They, they come to us when we need them most. And I think supporting them in every aspect of their job, funding them to make sure they're ready for any situation that comes their way is is something that we need to be doing you know every single politician that that screamed defund the police does not deserve to be in public office it's making our communities less safe
2: that certainly is and it's one of the issues that you see a lot of people trying to uh kind of repeal on now that we're getting into midterm election season
0: well all these policies they embolden crime and that's why you see it spreading in neighborhoods where maybe it wasn't there previously
2: yeah, it's it's definitely something that's affecting more of the the middle class than it had, you know, in years past, and I think it's going to bring a lot of people to the ballot box come the fall of this year. So, Antonio, when you get out to uh, D.C. in January, you know, in addition to some of those things that are important to your district, you're going to be focused in on some of the big national issues right now. I think uh, a lot of the ones that Republicans and, and strong America First conservatives are calling for right now is that needs to be dealt with is is the crisis down on the southern border, and then obviously. You know, things to do with the economy. What's your take on, uh, you know, what you see going on in, in, in some of those border states down there? With I know some new numbers came out today. They're projected to have over like 400,000 people come in this month. And uh, it's just been kind of spiraling out of control, even worse. And, and we're just getting into the warm months where you see an uptake in uh, what's going on down there, usually. And based off the historical numbers, it looks like we're going to be breaking some records again this year.
16: Yeah, I mean, we definitely need to secure our border. What's what's crazy to me is, you know, President Trump wanted uh, for, roughly $4 billion to secure our southern border and build the wall. And everyone had an issue with it. People lost their minds. Oh, he's racist. He's this. He's that. Joe Biden just sent $14 billion overseas to Ukraine. Why don't we focus on the problems we have here in America first? You know, why don't we focus on the issues we have here to secure our border? You know, and at the end of the day, yes. Do we want people to come to this country? Absolutely. But there's a process to do it. There's a way to do it. Can we streamline that process? 100%. But we cannot have these situations where we've seen month over month since Joe Biden took office where people are just flooding the border and rushing
2: into this country in an illegal way. Yeah. A lot of our, uh, you know, facilities where these people are processed are are more than overwhelmed right now.
0: Well, it should be if you commit a crime in the process of trying to claim asylum, it should void your asylum claim. Mm
10: -hmm. And then that
0: that deterrent would, all right, well, I guess I'm gonna have to wait in line and do it the proper way
3: and we want the best people coming in this country you know you know Mm -hmm. legally not just you know it being a free-for-all because we don't know any of these people that are coming in you know we don't have i mean their backgrounds what their motivations are a lot of them are you know economically migrating here you know all these asylum claims are i mean not all but most of them are not legitimate so
2: no and a lot of you know the crime you have the people who are Human trafficking, sex trafficking, children trafficking, gang members from all over the world, plus, you know, radicalized terrorists. There's been, I believe, close to 50 interdictions so far, you know, since Joe Biden took office. And those are the ones that we know about. There there very well may be higher profile cases that don't make it to the news. Mm
11: -hmm. And uh,
2: we also know about people who, who have come from bad countries. It's leaked out onto the legacy media that they are people of interest from, you know, source countries that are looking to do bad things in the United States. But due to COVID or You know, um, the facilities being so full with people, they're just released. Yeah. So, you know, those are some of the things we have to kind of look at and take into consideration. I I got a feeling our our men and women down working on the southern border in for a long summer, to say the least.
0: Not the summer of love?
2: Summer (laughs) of sadness. Possibly over time.
0: Mm.
2: (laughs) Antonio... What are some of the things you're doing right now to get the word out in your community? How are some of the campaign events going and uh, who are you working with down there? Are you working with any of your counterparts in the Republican Party or even if they're not in the state of Maryland? I know a lot of these people you guys link up. I saw you guys were in a spaces last night on uh, Twitter. So so what about some of the relationships and, 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 you know, meeting in the minds that you guys are doing right now?
16: Yeah, I mean, definitely this entire process has, you know, opened the door for me to meet a lot of great candidates that are running here in the state of Maryland, as well as around the country. Like you just said, we had a space last night where a lot of us came together. Uh, Darius Mayfield is running yeah. in New Jersey. Billy Prempa is running in New Jersey as well. Uh, Joe Collins out in California. Kim Klasik was there, who formerly ran in Maryland, and she currently runs the Red Renaissance Pack. Chris Columbia was there. So it's been a lot of us being able to come together, you know, share what our successes are, share how we can, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. Um, just to make sure that, you know, when the election rolls around, that we're all going to Capitol Hill together because it's a great group of people. Everyone wants to put America first. Everyone's put their home state first. Make sure that we're really looking out for the people in our communities. You know, I was born and raised here in the state of Maryland. I absolutely love this state. I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. um, And I want to represent this state the way it deserves to be represented. And with our current representative, the guy who's currently representing the third district, um, he's just definitely not doing that at all.
2: Oh, it sounds like he's just on cruise control and, and lining up with the uh, radical progressive left's agenda, which are some of the things that I'm, I'm pretty certain that the people of Maryland, going, dating all the way back to 2017 when they started having some real issues down there with crime and stuff like that, have just absolutely had it with.
16: So the interesting thing about the 3rd Congressional District is it's kind of been the pipeline for career politicians here in Maryland. You know, Nancy Pelosi's father formally represented this district way back in the day. Um, then we had Senator Barbara Mikulski. Uh, now we have Senator Ben Cardin. Um, who all moved through this house seat they moved through the process and they've just ended up being lifelong politicians um, john sarbanes who currently represents the seat he votes with nancy pelosi 100 of the time he votes with aoc 92 percent of the time um you know so the only thing that that tells me that that tells voters is that he's nothing more than a puppet for pelosi and a mouthpiece to the most radical members of his party. He's the guy who wrote H.R. 1, yep. the bill that was designed to take over our elections and place it in the hand of the federal government. And I mean, if that doesn't scare Americans, that the federal government would be in control of our elections and and all of that, it it, it really should. You know, it's election integrity is a big concern and it's something that, it's not a partisan argument. Election integrity is for everyone. doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat, we just want security in our elections. We wanna know that the people getting elected got elected the right way.
2: Yeah. No, it makes a whole lot of sense, and it's pretty funny. You know, there's people in the Beltway who get these numbers that come out in these polls way before we in the public get it. And it just seems pretty funny that in the year that something like H.R. 1 is proposed, all of these polls start coming out that blacks and Hispanics and independent voters are just walking away from the Democrat Party based off of, you know, them being just absolutely too progressive and and this agenda they they they're not getting what they thought they were getting when they got joe biden
16: they're definitely getting buyer's remorse at the moment for
0: sure if they'll admit it
2: a lot of them still (laughs) won't
0: admit it like really you're gonna try to still cheerlead for this guy
2: well next time you get behind a prius and you see like the riding with biden kind of scraped off oh yeah they don't
0: have to say it it. might just be from being a shitty driver though that's true
2: Antonio we want to be able to direct as much of our listenership to get out there and support you. Can you let us know uh, where we could find you across social medias and then your website?
16: Yeah, absolutely. So um, on social media I'm, at, I'm Antonio Potoco on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter um, and the website is Anto- is Um, You know we're trying to be as active as we can on there covering all the breaking news and stuff like that and also the local issues that are coming uh, out of you know just the cities around the state of Maryland and what's going on here. Hmm.
2: Well, we're definitely going to be live linking those in the show description today, and I think even more so after this enjoyable conversation, look to having you back at some point in the near future. Absolutely. I'd love that. That'd be awesome. As would we. This is the man who's looking to represent Maryland 3 in the 2022 midterm elections, Antonio Batocco. Thanks for joining us today on Steak for Breakfast. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. You have a good one. Well, Joe Biden went to uh, Europe this week. Some say it was to clean up Kamala Harris's mess. But I digress. That's
0: like sending a worse janitor to clean up what the first janitor didn't clean
3: up. Right.
0: Yes. I was going to say.
3: I laughed when I saw that headline.
0: I was going to say a nasty word for special.
2: Oh, there you go. Janitor. (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me. So Joe Biden was the only person not to field any questions from the media as he walked through, you know, NATO headquarters in Brussels. Imagine that.
0: He wandered through.
2: Now, he was led by a team of handlers and uh, shielded by them. But he did have to give some kind of a statement. Unfortunately, we're going to have to uh, give you guys some of the lowlights. An ABC reporter asked him if he was uh, too quick to rule out direct military intervention into this war. And the answer is... Do people not know what that means? Listen... Biological and chemical weapons and tactical nukes are things that are being volleyed across the legacy media this week. So that's where we're at, but not biological males. Correct. <laughs> I don't know what one of those is. Let's hear Joe Biden.
14: Um, sir, you've made it very clear in this conflict that you do not want to see World War Three.
2: Mm-hmm. but
14: is it possible that in expressing that so early that you were too quick to rule out direct military intervention in this war, could Putin have been emboldened Knowing that you are not going to get involved directly in this conflict? Oh.
1: No one know. no. Good answer.
0: Wait, hey, but, but what, what the fuck is the newscaster saying? Like I know, I know you're against World War Three, but do you think it's weird that you said you were against World War Three so early on? Like, isn't it <laughs> like I mean, don't you don't want nuclear war? Like how about now? How about now? No.
2: How about no? How about no and no? (laughs) (laughs) He was then uh, brought up the fact that yet another billion dollars has been appropriated for Ukraine, bringing the total over 14 billion last 10 days or less.
0: Like We can do all that money, but we can't just like make a gas a little cheaper. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. They're trying to pour us out of everything.
2: Speaking of the poor, he's talking about the refugees. Let's hear it.
1: And today I'm announcing the United States is prepared to commit more than $1 billion in humanitarian assistance to help get relief to millions of Ukrainians affected by the war in Ukraine. Many Ukrainian refugees will, uh, will wish to stay in Europe closer to their homes. But we've also will welcome 100,000 Ukrainians to the United States with a focus on reuniting families. And we will invest $320 million to bolster democratic resilience and defend human rights in Ukraine and neighboring countries. What does that even mean? We're also coordinating with the G7 and the European Union oh. on food security as well as energy security. <laughs> um, what's the oh, oh,
12: oh.
2: You know, we, we had none of them last week, so I'm hoping with the, don't worry, there's. Don't rush it. It'll come organically. We, we set up an apparatus to... That's what she said. Yeah. To f- facilitate the... F- ...scissor me timbers. Yes. <laughs> Stop making jokes. We're serious. That's, we're super serious. Now, I think a lot of the uh, Vladimir Putin-inspired nationalist movement in Russia stemmed from when he was kicked out of the G8 after the Crimea incident. I'll be probably some good reasons behind it. Um, But it definitely led to some of these alternative behaviors that Russia's been displaying for the last half decade. And uh, Joe Biden was asked if he thought they should take it to the next level. Because there's so many of these things. Should Russia be removed from the G20? No and no. Hmm. Maybe not. No, and maybe. In your
4: view, does President Zelensky need to cede any Ukrainian territory in order to gain a ceasefire with Russia, or is that completely off the table? And then also, do you think uh, that Russia needs to be removed from the G
3: twenty?
1: On the latter point, my answer is yes. That depends on the G twenty. Um, I that, that I was raised today, and uh, I raised the possibility if that can't be done, if Indonesia and others do not agree. Then we should, in my view, ask to have both uh, um, Ukraine uh, be able to attend the meetings, as well as, well, uh, um, basically Ukraine being able to attend oh. the G20 meeting and observe.
2: To attend the G20 meetings and observe. Now, I don't think Ukraine's one of the top twenty. We'll let them in on the Zoom call. Industrial nations, unless they're. Making it the top 20 most corrupt nations in the world? Well, then, in that case, come on in, boys.
7: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Now, you've saved it, Noah. You've done a good job of restraining yourself. (laughs) But we did move on to the next phase of death and despair from this administration. We've all made it out of the dark winter and survived COVID. This is going to be dark winter, too. Cruise control. This is going to be dark. Oh, hungry summer. Hungry summer? It's hungry summer. Please tell me he said that. Something similar.
0: Let's
1: hear it. Nothing more to report. With regard to food shortages, yes, we did We'll re- re- so talk about food shortages. And, uh, and it's going to be real. The, the price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon <laughs> Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well.
2: Oh. It's about to get real. That was a quote. I can't even. Just say it, Antoinette.
3: Oh. I don't even know what to say.
2: <sighs> yeah, it's it's pretty. Uh, I mean,
3: shit is getting real. Yeah. And yeah, he's point blank telling us, you know, what's going to happen. So prepare, I guess. Well, you who's, know who's who's, who's crazy been crazy shit happening.
2: Who's been preparing? Newly appointed litigation attorney for the State of America campaign. And the team down at uh, Mar a Lago, because as we uh, wrap the week on news, I give Joe Biden a three point four on that speech. He was remixing himself a whole bunch of times. <laughs> he even threw out a couple <laughs> right in the middle. Of t- he doesn't even he stop talking. He, yeah, he just like coughs but doesn't stop talking. It's like almost robotic.
3: Yeah, but he's always out of breath.
2: Let's always, see. and he was even yeah. getting into it. It was like breathing out of his mouth, and then no, he was. <laughs>
3: <gasps> I'm <just>
2: like,
3: <laughs> Maybe it's like the medication he's on. I don't know. The... It's very strange, though.
2: Good point. But in our last audio clip of the week, we're gonna end on a solid note because it was announced yesterday that Trump World is suing the Clintons. Oh,
0: this is brilliant. I love that. Brilliant.
2: Yeah, like, uh, yes. Amazing. So, in, in, in... fucking
0: what racket? No, not racket. Yes, it's a Rico case. Rico. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. <sighs>
2: Let's hear Real America's Voice John Solomon weigh in with Trump World Spokeswoman Liz Harrington yesterday on the news.
4: The big news today was this uh, bombshell lawsuit. Uh, President Trump is going on offense. He's naming names, and he's going after these liars who tried to rig the 2016 election, and Mm. when they failed with the fake Russia collusion hoax, when they failed to stop President Trump from winning The presidency, they used it to spy on him, to try to derail uh, his presidency and his administration. Everyone should go and at least read the introduction to this lawsuit, because it really is a good recap of up until November 3rd, what was really the biggest political crime in our history, what they tried to do to President Trump and damage his reputation, try to derail his political career, and of course, then try to derail his presidency. It didn't work. But there was a lot of cost to it. I mean, the lawsuit details $24 million in legal fees. They're still harassing him. I mean, we put out a statement today about the ridiculous efforts uh, by the district attorney in New York. But this is really what started it all, this harassment, this witch hunt. And it's time to hold people accountable. And that's what President Trump's doing.
2: Good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. All right, that. weigh in.
3: No, I'm just, I think I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out because he named a lot of people.
2: A lot of people.
3: A lot of people, and a I lot mean, he's going to open up the political Pandora's political box, bigly. Yeah,
2: think. I think so. Yeah, you got a lot of stuff that's tied into, you know, the impeachments, the Russia collusion okay. hoax, and yeah, the interference in the yeah. 2016 election. I mean,
11: uranium cash, cash, one,
3: COVID, yeah. can, everything. You know, this can. This ties into all, all that stuff. Everything's connected. So, um, yeah. Interesting timing, too, to come out.
2: I think as so well. as well. Mm-hmm. And he piggybacked that off of announcing that two weeks after his rally, this weekend, he'll be posting another one. Nice. So, yeah, it looks like we're going to get him bi-monthly now moving nice. forward. And I like this, it. Probably even more so as we get closer to the midterm elections. Speaking of That's which. though.
3: He's not doing it so much. he I mean, you know, uh, before... Uh, Zayden got into the fake White House. He was like going hardcore campaigning. This will be good because he won't be he it, it, he won't be so burned out. You, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, F- five rallies a day
2: thing. would kill a normal person. I don't know how a seventy three year old or seventy four year old man at the time was just crushing them like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Five rallies right. in five states for like ten days straight. Crazy. Yeah. You know what else is crazy? Mm-hmm. The midterm election season, and we're gonna sit down in our next edition of America First Roundtables with two of the best and brightest moving in uh Mr. Mike Crispy and Andrew McCarthy so let's get them keyed up and uh get ready to roll with this bad boy all right coming in last today on this Friday edition of the Steak for Breakfast podcast we've got another edition in our America First Roundtable edition with two amazing America First guests one is looking to represent New York 24 in the upcoming midterm elections. Mr. Andrew McCarthy. Thanks for joining us today.
17: Always great to be here guys. Thanks for having
2: me. Well, it's always our pleasure to host and, and the next guest needs very little introduction, but he is running quite a campaign right now to represent New Jersey four in the upcoming 2022 midterms. Great friend of the show, Mr. Mike Crispy. Thanks for coming back with us today. What's going on guys. I missed it. I couldn't stay away. I'm back. I know you're all excited. <laughs> I get bummed out Mike, because we talk very frequently and you were telling me last time you were on to give us an update on the campaign, listen, I just want to kind of break away for a bit. I want to come on. I want to just do some news with you guys. Let's make it like we used to do before all this shit started. And then next thing you know, I start throwing you some dates. like, no, 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 no. And I was like, no,
6: no. What are you talking about?
2: No, not not like you were denying us, but the busyness of your schedule and how crazy it's been. I know we were just all talking off air about you guys running around like 24 hours a day, literally trying to get these things off the ground. Mike, give us a quick update on what's going on in the campaign right now.
6: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I and I do love coming on and talking about what's going on in, in the news. I mean, you know, before this, I was, you know, in a nice, humble broadcaster, you know, living a, a good life and, you know, of, uh, investigating, reporting on these things What you guys are doing. And I tell you, you, you see how broken the country is. You see how broken a state is. And then you get in the arena to do something about it. And you quickly realize the type of people you're surrounded by. You're surrounded by soulless hollow sellouts right you know people (laughs) who are chasing bucks they're chasing money and donations and pack money and all this stuff and you realize when you're in the muck how broken the system is and i think it's able to be overcome but it takes really strong america first folks like myself like mr mccarthy uh, who's also with us today so the campaign's going really good i mean we've been uh, surging. I mean, we we've clearly differentiated ourselves from any other of the primary challengers. Um, we held a massive uh, town hall rally in Tom's River the other night. We had 300 people there. Roger Stone was there getting the crowd fired up. We have recruited candidates for the county and local levels nice. to run with us in the election. That's going to be huge. It's very big for New Jersey uh, balloting. It's a quirky thing. And it's also very good for grassroots. So we've recruited for all the major local offices, candidates to run with us. We call it the America first line, the America first slate. And that's going to be great because everyone always says, the country's so broken, how do you fix it? It needs to be a bottom up effort, right? It needs to be local up. So we've put a lot of time and investment into finding the right candidates so we can build this thing from the grassroots up. And that's how you systematically take the country back from the brink of these hollow, soulless, spineless
2: career politicians that we all loathe so much. Mm, sounds like you got some real winners over there in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, let's get a little update from you. How's things going on the campaign trail?
17: As the self-described humble radio host, Mike Crispy, uh, just, just analyzed perfectly. It's, it's, if everything could stay local, whether that's candidates, interactions, endorsements, activity, whatever it is on the trail, that'd be lovely. But the swamp has some creatures with long tentacles and they reach all the way up to Jersey and New York. And it is, it's rough out there, man. So, so the, the most peace I find in my day is meeting with people at their doorsteps during petitioning, going to the town halls, meeting with, again, other candidates that have endorsed us locally, uh, county chairs, county boards that have endorsed us locally, always refreshing. But yeah, man, the, the less I could talk to consultants and consultants of consultants, uh, the better. And 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 like you said, some of the higher donor classes is uh, obnoxious. So, um, you know, just like the platform itself surrounded by an encompassing localism, the most refreshing part of this campaign is the energy you get from the grassroots. So I'm right there with your brother. Pretty much everything he said.
2: No, it's really good to hear that from both you guys. And, you know, it's good to hear that some of the people. Well, a lot of the people that you guys are getting out there and talking with either be at campaign events, town halls, knocking on doors, shaking hands, and doing all that stuff are really receptive to your guys' campaigns because we've been tracking both of you guys from the beginning. Mike, we were, you know, you've been a friend of the show since before the political season heated up and you decided to throw your name in the ring. And then, Andrew, as soon as you got out there, I followed you on Twitter. I'd seen, you know, some of your political views and some of the stances you've taken. And I knew, like, okay, we already got one of our great friends in there, Mike Crispy. We know what he brings because we. Not only promote and support his show, but he's been on with us and just drops the fire when he comes on with us. You're out there on Twitter before you announce saying the same kind of things. Just America first, populist nationalist, and then just loving this country. You decide to make the same kind of sacrifice. It's good to see both of you guys having a lot of relative success to, uh, you know, get these things rolling out for both of your campaigns. So it's good to hear that. Andrew, I'm going to stay with you. First topic we're going to obviously hit is uh, what's going on between Russia and Ukraine I mean, if you follow him on social media, folks, you know where he's coming from. He brings an extremely sensible, someone who's, you know, been in the military, kind of sees it from, from both sides of the, of the argument. And uh, what's your take on what's going on right now? We've seen Joe Biden head out to Brussels two days ago. He's in NATO today eating pizza, uh, weirding everybody out. You know, it's already memes galore all over Twitter and, uh, and Instagram right now. What do you, what's your whole take on what's going on with that situation?
17: Yeah, some interesting comments and commentary coming out of Europe today. Um, I'll, I'll digress from that to go more strategy, thirty thousand feet up. I got hit early on and roped into an MSNBC hit piece with uh, some, the usual suspects: me, Tucker, J.D. Vance, essentially. Oh, imagine that. Um, you know, be, being pushed, you know, the pushback that we that we talk about with this, uh, and we were way ahead of the curve. This was weeks ago. So, so the no-fly zone. Um, the engagement on a on a tactical level that we you know that would totally lead to escalation across the board and it's the opposite path if you want to de-escalate which uh, this has to come to a diplomatic uh, process at some point an official one not one where uh, NATO and everyone gets together and 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 throws uh, tomatoes back and forth not one where you know um, there's 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 op there's photo ops in in at the, for the head of state whether it's in France or, or Germany or whoever it might be, uh, there has to be actual diplomatic conversation and and a no fly zone doesn't get you there. That could lead to some serious uh, threats to kinetic activity and yeah. some mis- missteps and mistakes. So that's what we've been pushing the whole time, and I think it's starting to catch on within the Republican Party. It usually takes a few weeks uh, before those sound bites or anything with. Um, relative uh, common sense actually picks up. And, and you know, it's the, the party of the left, whether domestically or internationally now, we're seeing is the party of war, whether it's in the streets domestically and they're burning buildings or wherever they can make a buck and, and blow one of these issues up, in this case, an actual war. Uh, they, they take the opportunity, they take the avenue. And the Republicans, I, I have to give them credit for once. We're the, we're the party of common sense, pragmatism de-escalation in this sense so that's that's the course that i say in ukraine and i mean it has to we have to wind this thing down and if it doesn't if there's nothing we can do on a diplomatic level then just stay out
2: yeah 100 percent agree with that take right there mike you know we've seen to, all right looking at some of the other issues that uh you know are still surrounding the same situation we've seen some developments over the last 24 hours Obviously, MTG has been getting a lot of shit up on Capitol Hill for talking about some of the sensible reasons uh, of getting this thing de-escalated as fast as possible. Joe Biden teased the uh, after the winter of death and despair. Now we're going to have the uh, summer of... Well, famine and being hungry because, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not going to be getting any food out of, out of the region, you know, between the fertilizer and the wheat and all the stuff that comes out of there. It gets processed all over the world. In addition to that, we've had the biolabs thing kind of heating up. You know, uh, Tucky kind of broke with it after there was some uh, senatorial hearings on it not too long ago. And then you, you tie that in with some of the news that came out yesterday from our great friends over at the National Pulse stating that Hunter Biden may be proxy tied into funding these things. What's your take on some of those issues? I mean, it, it's good to see Congress people like MTG standing up to, you know, against the party and trying to, like, shake them out of this and get them back to reality because we're already getting our asses kicked domestically. And now we're going to add some of the factors from this war and make it just be a terrible summer. In addition to that, you've got the whole narrative with the biolabs going on. It's getting pretty crazy.
6: Yeah. Do you, do you notice that it's the same usual suspects of Republicans that go along with the one BLM, two saying COVID lockdowns are okay, right? They all said that at the beginning. And then three, now it is Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. We need to send money to Ukraine. We got people who can't even receive $600 stimulus checks, and they're waiting forever to talk to these government bureaucratic agencies. But we can send a billion dollars to Ukraine in the snap of a finger. You got the same politicians who go along with these narratives. It's BLM, COVID, and now it's Ukraine. So predictable. And now you even have Fox News in on it. Yeah. And I think people are starting to see that. You know, Fox News goes up there, and I'm so disappointed with Hannity. It's like, what has happened to Hannity? He gets Lindsey Graham on. <laughs> he get, you know, he has all these people on who are trotting out this, this inflamed rhetoric that goes along with the Fox News narrative, which is now, oh, we need to save Ukraine and Ukraine good Putin bad. And it's like a movie theater uh, script. Right. But that's not reality. It's not the case at all. Um, clearly, they want the escalation, as Mr. McCarthy said, is that they want it because it makes them money. It's good headlines because they sell fear. They sold the BLM divide. They sold the, the, they sold the COVID hysteria. And now they're selling World War Three. Well, that's simultaneously going on You have the military industrial complex getting enriched by it. And you have a disgraceful Biden regime, which is now getting a pass on their massive catastrophic stuff going on domestically. People are distracted. And then all the hardships happening domestically, which, as I've always said, is very much intentional, are now being blamed on Putin. Putin's price hike. Putin this, Putin that. What does that remind you of? It reminds you of when President Trump was coming up and they said, oh, Russia, 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 yep. right? So it's not that, um, and, and this is what they do, they label you. If you're anti-BLM, you're a racist. If you want to speculate on what's going on with Ukraine and and uh, Russia and you want to talk about it objectively, well then, oh, you're a Russian communist. It's not being pro-Putin. It's being anti-World War Three. But they are riling the sheep up once again. And I'm most disappointed in Fox News for the way that they are riling up Republicans who just kind of watch the flyby stuff and don't dig into it because I think it is pushing us towards World War III. We cannot have it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very good points you make because, you know, we, we've played a lot of those sound bites on the show and, and a lot of the former, uh, you know, military members and operators that we've had on over the last couple of weeks are just their minds are blown to hear sitting senators and Congress people and some of the largest pundits in conservative news call for the assassination of sitting presidents for, you know, interactively uh, and unprovokedly bombing uh, whoever side you decide to choose on, you know, it's namely Russia and this, but flying, you know, A-10 sorties into the hot zones of Ukraine and and bombing Russian convoys and then calling for a no-fly zone. We've seen some really good... uh, analysis of the data that gets broken down when you explain to the common people that are getting surveyed about the no-fly zones, because we did see a couple weeks ago when this was like a hot topic, you know, it was up around 60 plus percent, but that drops dramatically low into like the high 20s when you actually explain what it is. Yeah. So that you'd be actually shooting (laughs) down planes of another country who's engaged in war with another country. So, you know, and you have to attribute a lot of the losses that Russia has incurred since this conflict began to not only CIA training, but american-backed weaponry uh which which we've which we've seen a lot in action and uh you know at some point they're probably gonna be like hey you guys need to just let us do our thing and you know if you're not getting involved in this then then just let it work itself out we we are hearing out of brussels and poland that vladimir Zelensky might be closer to uh meeting some of the original things he says he wasn't going to like finally letting go of crimea acknowledging donbass region as uh independence and uh you know, not joining NATO, but it's one of the things you have to just look at the backstory. The, the European Union and NATO, you know, kind of put Ukraine in this mess by having a color revolution there uh, a decade ago and then writing some of these things into their actual constitution. So a lot of those factors don't get talked about on TV. I've heard people like Colonel McGregor talk about it uh, a little bit. And then some of the people we've had on our show, obviously, Eric Grayton's really good at this stuff. Joe Kent's got a really open view on it and uh, kind of looks at it from both sides and, you know, who knows? Joe Kent might have been one of the people over there training people while he was working for the CIA. So we don't know that. But, you know, if, if you can't sit down and see that the only way that everybody wins and the world doesn't end in the nuclear holocaust is to diplomatically get out of this situation as quickly as possible. And some people are going to have to make decisions that they might not like.
17: It's, it's kind of the only way to get out of it. Yeah, I, I do want to bring up I do, do want to touch on a couple of things you brought up. First, those bio labs. Yeah, I mean the the layers and layers of shady stuff going on with those is one thing, but more importantly, the foreign direct investment in back of those. Yep. Why are we paying for labs over there? Uh, aside from the issue of what the hell they're doing over there or what they're focusing on, Whitney Webb uh, has done some some great work on this stuff and her people over on on her podcast worth checking out but separately from that i think what we're the silver lining here whether it's here afghanistan pakistan anywhere in the middle east the separate from foreign direct investment which is typically in the private sector what about just the straight up um foreign aid that we've been giving them with no strings attached seemingly no strings attached and we can't measure where it goes to we we never know the ends the end result of where that goes to typically in ukraine the most corrupt nation in Europe Um, it goes to their elites their their version of Russian oligarchs their own oligarchs and and that's that's one thing we have to focus on with all these uh, second world uh, developing nations because you know Ukraine is essentially a wrecked nation at this point it wasn't doing that great beforehand what I'm trying to say is our foreign aid does not work the state department does not work it it, there were no diplomatic preventions here other than uh, quote-unquote hardline sanctions that were set up to, to prevent anything and you can't fight a kinetic war with sanctions preemptively. You certainly can't prevent any of this with foreign aid and we have no idea where it's going. So we need to take a look at the actual checkbook and see where this money's going to all of these countries. I think the Trump administration did a great job just cutting flat out to some of these countries. But, you know, we were warned about Ukraine. You heard echoes coming out of the Trump administration for years on this place. And, and none of this, frankly, surprises me.
2: No, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, we were actually talking about that in, a little bit earlier in the show today about where is this money going and the, the fact that, you know, all of us here, probably the five of us, we all knew of a man once who wanted a measly four and a half ish billion dollars to build something that was beautiful and 10 feet higher uh-huh. along our southern border. And within a, nine days, we were able to produce 14 plus billion dollars that's just going to get sent over to Ukraine. And like you said, Andrew, who the hell knows where it's going to go and whose pockets it's going to go into. Like we've seen some, you know. Former- end up
0: in somebody's matched luggage.
2: Yeah, crossing the border, <laughs> claiming asylum somewhere. So, you know, we saw one of those this weekend when somebody, uh, the, the wife of a former government official crossed into, I believe it was maybe Poland, Poland or one of those countries over there. She had $28 million in cash with her.
0: Man, I don't want to count that.
2: No. It'll take a while. I don't think they do that in those countries. They probably just say, oh, look, five for oh. you, one for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but definitely some of the things that, uh, you know, you know, we have to look at this from all angles. And, and, and like I said, I think the fastest way we get out of this is probably the best way possible. Mike, I want to transition a little bit. You know, talking about some things that are important once you get into the uh, Beltway after the midterm elections. I mean, we've already touched on some national defense stuff here. What are the things that people in New Jersey are really concerned about that when you get up on Capitol Hill, you want to bring with you as part of your uh, not only platform to your constituents, but things that might be touched on a national level as well?
6: I I got I got two things uh, that I think resonate with the voters uh, now more than ever. One is especially in states like New York and New Jersey, uh, the fact that they put masks on our children, which is literally child abuse and people are upset that nobody stuck up for their children when it was so obvious what was going on. It Why ha, why did it, the congressman that I'm running against and why didn't everybody stand up and say, you know what, as members of Congress from these states, we will not give a dime to these school districts, federal funding, not a dime unless you won get rid of the mask mandates, and two, stop pushing the critical race theory and the sexual education stuff down kids' throats. a big problem in New Jersey. So we have uh, not only critical race theory, uh, which is getting indoctrinated in our schools, you literally have Republicans who are voting for these diversity in school bills and stuff like that. It's very sketchy. You wonder who's paying them for it. And then at the same time, you have, in New Jersey, school boards voting on these things in the curriculum that have to do with, like, teaching kids about gender dysphoria and stuff like that. it's disgusting it's disgusting it's wrong immoral. it's also a direct hit at what I think the left wants to go after the most because it is the foundation that holds us together as a country and that is the nuclear family. they want that destabilized. you get to the kids you destabilize them. so they're going they're going after the kids. Also in New Jersey we had a bill that was put up by the State House. Um, this should get more press than it's gotten because it's so disgusting and obviously vile. Uh, a bill put forth in the state house to say that kids age 14 and older can agree, consent and receive a vaccine without their parents' permission. So why are they doing that? Why are they introducing that legislation in New Jersey? Why? So then when kids are at schools, they can get peer pressured by the ideological teachers and their kids around them, their classmates, peer pressure, Teacher says to do it, kid gets the shot. Why would any lawmaker put something like that onto the House floor uh, of the State House if it wasn't for a dubious intention to circumvent the parents? So, parents want their rights back. They don't want their kids muzzled. Uh, I call the masks child abuse. They don't want that. And they don't want to be having their kids learning the bullshit that they want to put in the curriculums that we've never seen before. So, I say, Washington, I think Department of Education is obviously uh, a bloated institution that shouldn't even exist. But until that time, until that time, not a dime for school districts, not a penny until they stop doing these things and using our children as political footballs. It's terrible. And the other one uh, is the Second Amendment. Uh, Obviously, New Jersey has very strict gun laws, but it's the only thing having our Second Amendment is what keeps us from becoming quite literally Australia or Canada, So people in New Jersey, especially in the fourth district, they love the Second Amendment and they don't like when a Republican like Chris Smith votes for a national gun registry, votes for expanded background checks, mm. votes to uh, votes for those taxes that is going to make it very much more burdensome for people to buy and own firearms. They have to pay a registration tax and this tax and this fee. It's literally to prevent the common man from owning and possessing firearms. You have people who vote for that. And then he votes for, the, uh, for all the uh, clamping down on the gun show stuff. Just disgusting. So when a Republican crosses the aisle and votes with the Democrats on that, I think it's an utter disgrace because it's literally our Second Amendment. It's the only thing that's prevented us from having what's going on in Canada happening in the United States where you see them pummeling truck drivers and peaceful protesters. So I think those two issues are paramount. And I think that people in New York, New Jersey, all over the country Um, want representatives who are going to be bold and stand up for it, but they don't do it because they're taking money from Big Pharma and they're taking money from the gun packs and all these other weird, shady interests and we can't take it anymore. It's terrible.
2: Oh, 100%. You you make a lot of sense there. It sounds like you could say New Jersey and California and probably New York, too, in regards to those two issues between how they're messing with the kids and then all the gun stuff. And, and we're, we're all experiencing a lot of the same stuff. Andrew, I want to ask you some questions. What are some of the uh, national issues that you're looking to really focus on once you get up on Capitol
17: Hill? Yeah, well, Mike nailed it with the local issues, the insidious nature of how the, the global left and some of the Democrat Party Work, works the lobbying arm to get into these state bills, these federal LGBTQ bills that my opponent just jumped off of once we went to town on him for that, made it, made it a local issue, because not everyone's following along on these federal bills. Chris Jacobs just got off of a uh, pro transgender uh, bill, putting them ahead of just, you know, you know, an average person that doesn't really care to identify one way or the other, because, because these things aren't organic. No one thinks about these things on a day-to-day level. They're slammed down your throat, via your congressman, through a lobbyist, from the left. So when you go back and you peel back the layers of the onion, we see where this comes from. Um, but no, so that's huge. And, and the silver lining, of course, with uh, COVID over the last two years of locking all this stuff down, was that we had the mama bears, the, the the MAGA moms get out there, protest this stuff, of which I did not see our representative out there doing. He'll put out blanket you know, PR statements, blanket uh, press releases that have that, that don't force him to leave from behind his desk in downtown Buffalo. But nonetheless, we're, we the silver lining is that we get to take CRT head on, the LGBTQ stuff that's being crammed down our kids' throat oh, yeah. younger than – I mean, that stuff's wild. Of course, the masks and the vax mandates. We get to take all that stuff head on at a federal level. But one of the federal issues that I'm actually concerned with, and Trump did such a great job of this, is reshoring. Domestic manufacturing. and We have so many high-skilled college graduates in our New York State education system. We have Syracuse, we have RIT, we have all these great institutions up there within the district or just on the periphery of the district. And if we can blend those those college graduates that are fleeing the state, and we can we can mix that with traditional middle-skilled, low-skilled manufacturing, we can bring things like chip plants to the district. Yeah. We can reinvigorate our domestic manufacturing base. And the other thing that I'm issued uh, that that I'm concerned with. It, that sort of handcuffs that in terms of jobs and putting people to work in the district is AG and so much of our produce sectors under under attack when you're seeing these conglomerates at the top start to uh, take the the family farm and, and and attack them from a banking level attack them from a regulation standpoint uh, from from an overtime and wages standpoint pretty much any way they can to get bought out by these multinational corporations and, and you're seeing family farms just fall like dominoes. We, we can't have that and we got to bring back domestic manufacturing. Those are bills that I'd like to put on the floor the first day in office is protecting, putting on some serious protectionist policies on those two sectors because those are the backbone of my district.
2: Sure, makes a whole lot of sense too. I mean, I know you've talked about that before when you've been on the show with us, and it's great to see you just continuing to, you know, roll it on with those uh, pillars of your campaign platform. Because I think the the job sector, especially for those people out there in, in Western New York, it's so important to them to get back to work and start to bring manufacturing and, and agriculture back into your district and you know statewide over there. It's a, between New York and New Jersey. There's so much potential there as far as that domestic manufacturership goes, and and in the ag sector. I mean, New Jersey's the Garden State. I grew up there, and it's one of the things where. You know, it's sad to see how much produce and uh, things of that nature have left the state over the last, you know, decade, decade and a half. And uh, we hope with good representatives like you guys, that stuff will be coming back.
17: Yeah, I just want to say between the two states, people don't think of New York and New Jersey like this anymore. And it's truly sad because we used to be the industrial hub of, of really the nation. But mm-hmm. we, there's no excuse going forward why we couldn't be the agricultural hub of the Northeast the manufacturing base of the nation. And then here's here's one that no one really thinks about, but an energy powerhouse and with, with prices being where they are on all types of energy. We, we have the solution right under our feet in New York. It stops, the fracking stops in Pennsylvania, and we could enrich our people and embolden our, our local economies tenfold, a hundredfold if we just drill. I mean, the answer's right there. So there's so much opportunity. And Crispy, I know you know the same thing in New Jersey.
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, they I'm telling you, when I look at these things and I look what they're doing, stifling, it's literally legitimate, intentional stifling of our economic engine. They want it to happen. I mean, I don't know what other way to say it is that they want it to happen. And it sounds sinister. It sounds dubious. But you look at all the things compounded on one another. Tell me it's all a coincidence. It's not. Uh, They want people poor. They want people locked down. They want people living off the government. They want to put these uh, low income government subsidized houses. uh, That's the the latest thing that the the federal government is doing in these areas next to suburban communities that vote Republican. So they move people into these uh, housing communities uh, that are getting government subsidized. And then they're going to vote Democrat. Right. Then they're going to. and yeah. Mike,
17: here's the other thing. You know what, you know what that does? We've talked about a lot of the pillars of the social fabric. The the most insidious thing and you hit the nail on the head, that begins to attack private property because it drops property levels down in the suburbs. Yeah.
11: People, people
17: say, well, there's no, it's coercion. There's no incentive for me to own property. If this is what they're gonna do, they'll take it one way or the other. So I think you're right. There's there's absolutely no coincidence on all these levels.
6: Yeah, and so if you don't, I, I think it's if you if you do not uh, go along with the federal government on that you lose funding. Right. So, I mean, this is a this is something that, you know, Trump used to say on the campaign trail in 2020. Uh, Joe Biden is going to destroy the suburbs. He's coming for the suburbs. And he never really expounded upon what that meant. Um, but it literally is they're coming for the suburbs. Yeah. They want to put voters, essentially voters at the end, because that's what they care about, into these areas. And as you say, it's attacking property values. Uh, they're attacking the value of our wages uh, via the endless printing of money and inflation. It seems a little Venezuela-esque, right? Um, so, I mean, I, I, just, I just really think we're, we're fighting, uh, you know, a serious, serious opposition here. Not the Democrat Party, because the Democrat Party has been hijacked by radical leftist socialists. And any Republican who doesn't realize that and isn't fighting back full throttle now, how the hell do we have them representing us in office right it's terrible yeah
2: speaking speaking about fighting back full throttle we we finished up the uh supreme court nominee hearings uh yesterday we've got some takes there and then andrew what do you think about uh what you saw over the course of of this week when uh she was up there testifying up on capitol hill and uh what do you say to you know people in the party who might even be considering voting for her as a you know lifetime appointment
17: Oh, man, I wouldn't know. I don't have a I'm not a political scientist. I don't have a, a political scientist degree. So I, I can't I can't answer that question. How do no, I mean? It's just it's just laughable at this point. Uh, she will reference womanhood being a woman the you know, the, the, the struggles of which all come with a woman. And then when put to the test. Well, tell me about you know the difference between a man and a woman. It's a pretty clear cut biological answer there. She's just all shoulders, man. She's shrugging her way out of that. I have no idea. Um, if you're if you're of the and I'll even press the 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 left on this a little bit or the left or center, the Joe Mansions of the world really have no excuse because if you think, and, and then we can work our way right, right. Like yeah. the, the Joe Mansions of the world, the people that represent. Ruby red states like West Virginia, and he's he's sometimes okay on some boats. Right. If if you're going to go and and bow down to this stuff and kowtow to the left, the, the extreme left in this case, then you have absolutely no integrity. Uh, and when it comes to the Mitt Romneys of the world, maybe I'll let Mike handle that one. But I mean, he, he, uh, Mitt Romney's like the cockiest cock of all cucks. But yes. I, I, have, I have no words for how bad of a job he does for one of the most conservative states in the union. But Mike, what's your take? Only, Only in politics
6: would someone not say, what is a woman? And the answer would be, well, An individual with a vagina, right? Wouldn't that be the answer? Isn't that just the answer, right? Like, uh, it's just a fact. Like, not knowing and not being able to answer that. Only in this modern-day political theater do we hear something like that. Uh, It is just breathtaking to me. So I, I, I think this confirmation hearing, what I'm seeing, I see Republicans saying, oh, let's mail it in because if we don't fight this, then when we want to judge, they won't fight us bullshit bullshit it's the republicans it's classic republican soft shit right there it's let's not fight because then when we have a judge in the future they'll be nice to us huh that was said i forget who said that but somebody on, on fox news said that and i said to myself this is why the republican party continues to slide you have somebody up there who you know i mean she the only thing she said i will give her credit on one thing uh she said that uh Bush was a war criminal. And I was like, oh well, I, I go, okay, one one taken of all of them. Not bad. Uh, but then, but then she said about the uh, the child pornography stuff, uh, and the way that she was saying, well, you know, it, it's, if they happen to stumble upon this, how do you just stumble upon that on the internet? You know, I've been going on the internet now for about 29 years, okay. I've been alive. Um, I guess it wasn't along that uh, when I was that young, but my whole life I've been going on the Internet. And I've never once even remotely, closely stumbled upon the content that would wind me up in a uh, legal problem. So only sick, disgusting people are doing that. And her being soft on it. Again, I think that just speaks to the core fundamental of peeping, people wanting to rip down our values. You know, it's American values. Uh, they talk about that. Um, you know, in in groups like the American Populist Union, which is a great group. And I think we're both endorsed by that group. Right, uh, McCarthy. Um, uh, Great, great group. They talk about it's the corrosion of American values. And when you corrode that, when you corrode what this country was found, founded upon and built upon, that's how you get judges like that and come to a point where Republicans say, hey, let's just mail it in. You know, we'll live to fight another day. We'll get somebody else. No you got to stand for something. That's not the way this is supposed to be. You're supposed to stand for something and you're supposed to fight. And when you don't fight and you roll over because you want to make a deal the next time, a deal where we're not even so sure that they're going to go along with it. Because, again, where have they ever given us anything? Um, I just think it's, it's the same old Republican soft BS that people are tired of and people are ready to vote against in the 2022
17: midterms. It's the difference between a traditional Republican and America first Republican. I mean, there's we don't even have to have the conversation. It's knee jerk for people like us. And the Republican Party has to hem and hawn. Oh, they got to wring their hands. I, I'm not so sure. I, I don't know about the backlash. It, it was just two years ago with with Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, the attacks that we saw and, and whether you'll whether you're huge fans of them is isn't really the point here. It's the left versus the right on these right. decisions when a, when a judge goes forward, when a justice goes forward, it's. It's the fact that we the Republican Party filled with pussies that don't fight. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But that that, that's real. the bottom line. It's we, we, we just need fighters in there. And, now, you, you know, it's one thing to have a, a reckless person. But we have so many of these candidates that are that are not only intellectually there and, and policy wise, they're there. They actually want to do something about it. So, again, look, just to be the optimist on this call. I think the silver lining is that it's separating who's who in the zoo and you're seeing the fighters come out from maybe the Mitt Romney's of the world.
2: Sure. Yeah. It makes a whole lot of sense. And uh, you know, it, it, it leads me into my last question for both of you guys, Andrew, I'll, I'll shoot it to you first. There seems to be a huge problem and it's been a problem for a really long time in the Republican party with leadership uh, leadership in the Republican party. Currently both in the house and Senate have led to elections where country club conservatives get in they changed their views over, you know, the course of time as anybody could. We've, we've seen it everything from like local politics all the way up to like Supreme court justices. But the fact of the matter is it's, it's so much so time you, you can have a clear path to making this country great. Like we did at the start of the Trump administration and just completely throw it away because of stubborn bullshit, you know, money driven lobbyist politics, garbage, and uh, it's changing. The, the the culture's changing there, there's a big surprise coming for those guys in DC i think come this november but the question i want to ask you is you you could say names if you want i mean we all know who it is in in the house do you think it's time for a change in leadership
17: Kevin mccarthy's got to go and here's the deal I, I don't know if i don't know what the solution is i don't know if it's jim banks i don't know if it's if it's um, you know some of the fighters that, that we all know and love. There's only a handful of them, sure. A- or maybe an- another Freedom Caucus uh, member would be a good start. But but a, a good start's not Kevin McCarthy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and and we know it's campaign season when when he's getting his uh, talking heads on Twitter to supplement his talking points on whether it's energy or, or hard-on crime or whatever it might be, you start to see people come out of the woodwork and, and, and start regurgitating talking points for him. Very unhelpful to to the nation, uh, very unhelpful when, again, short-term memory, Monday, Monday morning quarterback here, Paul Ryan gave us tax cuts, right? Yeah. He was working on them for 20 years before the America First movement showed up, got them done in the first few months. And then he just kind of held everything else back. And he, he wasn't too helpful to President Trump in a lot of cir- circumstances. We can't forget the crew that he ran in with is the crew that's in power now. Yes. And there, there has to be a change there.
2: Mike, I want to hear it. W- what do you
6: think? Uh, we, we in no circumstance, can vote for Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House. I think it's incredible that he is now... Uh, back into legitimate standing when we saw, again, we saw what all these people did on January 6th, right? And how they acted and how they lashed out and how they gave in to what the left was doing and trapping us and what happened. They gave into it. They buckled. And you see Lindsey Graham was saying stuff about that, uh, invoking the 25th amendment and all this other BS. And he somehow is back in the mainstream of the Republican party. No, no, We can't vote for Kevin McCarthy. As a matter of fact, um, this is something I was talking about with Roger the other day, is that we should maybe uh, uh, maybe we should make this a thing. Me and uh, me and Mr. McCarthy, we should have a letter, open letter, Republican candidates signing it, saying if elected, we will not vote for McCarthy as the speaker of the House when we get in because. Uh, I think that if we do what we need to do with the grassroots level, elect the Republicans, we get in there, you have enough people in the caucus, the true America first caucus. You will have enough sway to ne- deny McCarthy uh, the speakership. So do not support it one bit uh, until further notice. My vote goes to Donald Trump, period. End of the discussion because he doesn't have to be elected. So, uh, you know, McCarthy's not getting the vote. Never, 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 never. It's pretty. I've always,
17: I've always loved the idea of Donald Trump, and and Matt Gates has brought that up a few times. Yeah, uh, props to him. And outside of that, uh, there have been some other uh, notables. We'll put it that way uh, on the conservative side of things that have brought that point up a little bit before uh, some of the well-known politicians have.
2: You know, somebody brought it up in a recent interview. I think it was last week, and I can't remember who it was. And he actually, instead of like just brushing it off, he's like. Donald Trump was like, well, I hope I don't have to. Yeah, you know, it was one of those. Th- and, and it's like, you know, because they were like, are you really you know, this would be so unprecedented, like you wouldn't even be in a race. But, you know, the Constitution makes it clear that it could be someone who's nominated and wins a majority vote. And he's like, I'd, I'd, I'd really not like to. I'd like to focus on other stuff. Then he gets into the, you know, people are going to be really happy with what I'm working on right now. And we all know where that's going. It's another presidential bid. But listen, if he needs to get in there, take off the belt and rein him in for 100, 120 days just to start things off, then he can like physically see if it's the same bullshit as when he was there, which we all know is still going on, um, you know, and, and 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 rein in somebody in Kingmake who will be the Speaker of the House and then take off and announce his campaign, then so be it. Because it's one of those things, like you said, Jim Banks. I love Jim Banks. Jim Jordan's pretty solid. Matt Gaetz is, you know, talking about a couple of good people as well. And it, it's one of those things, we, we can't do this anymore. You know, Matt, or uh, I'm sorry. McCarthy right now is pouring money into campaigns against America First candidates. It's a fact. True. So Joe, Joe Kent has gone on TV and, and has receipts for it. You, you can't find anybody more America First than Joe Kent. You don't like the fact that he's not going to vote for you, and he's probably going to get a whole bunch of other people who are either former operators or former militaries who are really in this America First movement. You know, we've had Mike Collins on with him. We've had Robbie Starbuck on with him. Neither one of them are voting for uh, um, McCarthy when he gets into the House. And guess what? McCarthy's funneling money into both of those campaigns against us for supporting established candidates against both of those guys as well. And it's one of those things where, listen, we can't play these games anymore. You get in there and you say the best the Republican party could do is uh, immigration reform and a tax cut every couple of years. And I have no fucking, you know, business wanting to be any part of that. And I think neither one of you guys do either. It's like the poll. Yeah, there's, no point, yeah. there's no
17: point for immigration reform if, if they don't allow us to enforce any of the laws in the book. So I, it's just a platitude, man. I mean, sure. we, we, enough is enough.
2: Yeah, you yeah. guys have uh, brought the absolute we, fire today, and we really appreciate you guys. Listen, for our listenership, they both complain like they're tired, and they're, they, these guys <sighs> are working 24 hours a day out there trying to represent, you know, the districts that they're running in, and, and we want to do everything to help support their campaigns, whether it be sharing on social media or, or direct money donations. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you across socials and then your campaign website? all right MikeCrispy.com. that's c r i s p i c-r-i-s-p-i.com
6: and uh social media on twitter MikeCrispyNJ, nj instagram red white truth the original uh handle for all the socials and uh on everything else um you know uh red white truth on getter uh what other platforms are there out there facebook mike Crispy. so go find me i'm out there uh in the news a lot lately we've got a lot of good stories a lot of good press so uh, go find it, uh, go join our uh, email list. Maybe donate a couple bucks if you feel so inclined and uh, help us uh, save New Jersey, Save America.
2: Andrew, how about you? Let's get our uh, listenership. whoever's not following you are ready to get in there?
17: Yeah, either go donate or volunteer Andrew com on Twitter, it's a McCarthy NY. Truth is just Andrew McCarthy, pulled that off early. And uh, on Getter, I believe it's A. McCarthy NY as well. We're on all the socials. Find them on the site. Like you said, donate uh, your time or, or money or, or energy somehow. And a lot of good press on there. So check that out.
2: Yeah, these are two of the strongest America First campaigns that are running in the nation right now, folks. And I'll tell you one thing if these guys get in, they will help make America based again. Ooh, I like Ooh. it. These Ooh, are the men time. that are looking to run. Uh, that are looking to represent New York 24 and New Jersey 4 in the upcoming 2022 midterms. Mr. Andrew McCarthy and Mike Crispy, thanks for joining us today on Steak for Breakfast.
6: All right, fellas.
2: Another great week in the books. What do you guys think? Awesome. What started without Noah ended with him here.
0: Hey. I was here the whole
1: time.
2: You weren't here Tuesday. Well, I was here today. If you want to hear that episode... And the other 118 Steak for Breakfast podcast, you can find them across all downloadable podcasting platforms. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Google Podcasts, FM Player, iHeartRadio, and now exclusively via the Patriot Podcast Network app on Roku. Damn! Subscribe to the show and rate it. Leave a review, and don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show creds. Obviously, go to our amazing guests again. Thanking the. Uh, Greatens campaign for having Governor Greatens come and join us on short notice to give an update on that developing story. In addition to him, Antonio Potoco, Mike Crispy, and Mr. Andrew McCarthy, and some of our internet friends, the Patriotic Baby Counts, Mr. Garbaggio, Kyle Becker of Kyle Becker News, John Backman of Newsmax, and Tom Papert, the editor-in-chief of The National File. Friends don't forget to get out there and uh, throw some money at our partners. Everything that you contribute to them helps make small American businesses great again. MyPillow, doesn't matter what day of the week or time of day it is, there's some big sale going on. You get the best discounts when you enter promo code Stake at checkout on the website mypillow.com forward slash STEAK, or you can talk to a qualified PILLOW representative 1-800-658-8045. You like headphones? I like headphones. Everybody likes headphones. The best ones. Can be found exclusively at Odyssey. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Stay Ready Gear Holsters. Who are we making of one this week? Joe Biden coffin in Brussels at the NATO summit. Flawlessly and just continues to talk like a fucking robot. Stay Ready Gear Holsters. We'll put one of those bad boys on a conceal, carry, Kydex holster. StayReadyGear.com, Facebook and Instagram as well. Man rubs. Don't mistreat your meat Made some uh, Pork ribs last night They're pretty good Nice And the reason they were So delicious Was because I bought it Shook it Rubbed it Slow cooked it Slathered it in barbecue sauce Put it in my mouth <laughs> Num 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 oh. ManRubs.com Facebook and Instagram as well Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms Pretty simple equation For what he's got Going on down there Firearms, parts, accessories, and ammo. West Coast Survival Arms.com is the website. Six one nine eight seven zero six nine nine two is the phone number, and he's also available via Facebook Messenger. Mediocre Medic for all our first responders. Fantastic gear and a fire IG. MediocreMedic.com is the website. And last but certainly not least, the gold standard of tactical flair can be found at the home of the Zero Fuck Stuck, dumpbox.us. Shall we segue? Upcoming shows. We're going to be back here on Tuesday. Arizona senatorial candidate, Jim Lehman. Kyle Scheidler from the Center for Security and American Policies will be joining us as well. Candidate running in New York, Mario Frado, And we'll get an update on the Reawaken American Tour with Mr. Clay Clark. Next Friday is the biggie. Hopefully we can pull it off. Amanda Milius, Cash Patel, same segment. I talked to Amanda last night. We were shit posting together on Instagram. She hearted something that I shared, and then she shared it. And I said, we are going to talk so much shit next Friday, to which she gave the thumbs-up emoji. I right, guess no, that's, that's it's,
0: not, it's not a hard no.
2: Yeah, it's not a... Yeah, we're going to have to reschedule for a sixth time. We love her. I, I feel it in my soul that she's going to be here. It's going to be a great segment. I've already lived it out in my head a couple times.
0: That's good. Do be prepared
2: following week we'll be uh circling back times four with shu abdi she's running in minnesota five rod honeycutt who's running in north carolina 11 will be joining us alex brucewitz the ceo of x strategies will be here and we'll be sitting back down with heather mullins correspondent for real america's voice she's coming back to the show to talk about some uh things that she's working on vish burrow will be here on the eighth we'll sit down with for the first time with our new Connect at OAN, Cynthia Quai. And we're going to do a little bit of a more family-oriented piece because we're going to have Robbie and Landon Starbuck. Oh, nice. Yeah, same segment, and that's going to be on the 8th of April. Frank Polo is going to join us. He's running in Florida 27 on the 12th. And on the 15th, we're finally... Gonna have Miss Christina Bob back. She rescheduled today. We replaced her with little Eric Greitens. It was kind of spicy, but she'll be here on the fifteenth of April, and we'll be sitting down with Kelly Townsend as well, who dropped out of her U.S. House race to challenge Wendy Rogers. Ooh. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, shit going on down there in, in, in Arizona, and uh, I don't know what to think of it. But we're gonna get Kelly's take on the uh, on the fifteenth of April. Friends of the Week. The list is great. Mandamilius for posting with me last night. Carm Vibes for making that amazing steak for breakfast video. Sublime and Slime, what I mean to say, Hugh White Memes, Edward Russell, the Duke of Memes, John Hacker LA, the real Smokahontas. <laughs> Grand Old Memes, That Southern Dude, Midnight Mitch, Hubertos 2.0, who was locked out of his account for a few days, but he's back.
0: What happened?
2: Shitposting. Oh. Mostly Peaceful Memes, Dumbass Photoshop, Madam America, Silent Meme Jordy. Snack, Dickelson, Hispanics for DeSantis, and Baby Cakes 2.0. Guys, things to remember between now and next week. Do your own research. We had a lot of uh, qualified guests on today, and it sounded like all of them were well prepared. In addition to that, we put one hell of a show together, and that's because we all do our own research. Number two, start a podcast. Told you guys on Tuesday it was awful. Today it was much better because I'm on the other side of the table. So I'm back to saying it's easy peasy.
3: You still did great, though.
2: Steaky squeezy. Mmm. She in not even a little garrison for that one. Oh, thank you and last but certainly not least let's see what happens this has been episode 119 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast and we'll be back on Tuesday with Jim Lehman, Clay Clark, Kyle Scheidler, and Mario Fratto everybody has a great weekend on behalf of the pod team I'm Marone Noah, later, go to sleep Antoinette,
3: later, have a good weekend guys
2: amazing job as usual thanks for listening and take care
15: Sir, can you direct me to the naval base in Alameda? It's where they keep the nuclear vessels. Nuclear vessels. Excuse us. Can oh, you excuse help us? me. Uh, we are looking for nuclear <laughs> vessels. Can you tell me where the naval base is in Alameda? Can we're you know, we're you looking help? for nuclear. Hello, we are looking for the nuclear vessels in Alameda. Could you tell me where? Can you you, help us? Please, we're looking for the naval base in Alameda. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are?
4: Ooh, I don't know if I know the answer to that. I think it's across the bay, in Alameda. That's what I said, Alameda, Alameda. I know that. But where is Alameda?